in terms of like, because I don't, I really don't relate him to the theme of being a kid and stuff. So yeah, yeah. sure, that's that's fine. I, I think Conti's a hard one. Monkey, any thoughts on Conti? Who's Conti? <laughs> okay, great. Vivi, any <laughs> thoughts on Conti? <laughs> Conti is the robot. <laughs> Welcome back to my first anime, Fully Coley. This week, we will be doing the final three episodes and wrapping it up. My name is Chris Bailey. My name is Salvador, also known as Monkey. My name is Anthony Vaught. And my name is Matt Clemens. I'm also going to go by Vivi as well. Yes, our special guest for Fully Coley. I guess just uh, we'll go straight to our anime minute. Which uh, for me, I guess, is kind of more of a turning into more of a manga minute. Uh, Ooh, what are you reading? So I got through Hunter Hunter. Well, I got through where the anime reaches on Hunter Hunter. So I still have, like, I think I'm into the current arc, but I'm gonna let that sit for a while because if if the author can go on hiatus from writing it, I could go on hiatus from reading it. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I I I get it. I totally get it. Um, why people love the Chimera Ant arc so much. Um, I think the payoff is fantastic. Meruem is a wonderful villain. Um, the ending of it is so, so good, dude. And even like the epilogue stuff after the Chimera Ant stuff is kind of wrapped up um, with like Killua's sister is all like really good. Um, Leorio finally gets good. He's one of my favorite characters and I don't know why. Yeah, me either. Um... <laughs> Yeah, Hunter Hunter's good. Uh other than that, I read I'm I was trying to blitz and get it all done today. Uh I read most of Alice in Borderland. Oh my gosh, is that good as everybody says it is? Um so yeah, so at the time of this recording, the Netflix uh live action adaptation of it has just come out. Uh I had never heard of it before. And um I don't I don't think there's even an official English English translation of the manga. But people were responding really positively to it, um, so I decided to check it out. It sounded interesting, and I figured if I'm if I if I watch the show and like it, I would just end up reading it anyway, rather than waiting for the show to cover the whole thing. So I just decided to read it. Um, I I really like it. It's good. It's um, it's the death game genre, which I typically enjoy. I know I'm never going to get another Danganronpa, so I have to make do where I can. But it is a good one of those. And those typically, they, they capture a tone that I don't think anything else can really achieve. Uh, so yeah, it's cool. Um, check out the Netflix series. I guess people seem to like that or check out the manga. Both are good. The Netflix series covers about a third of the manga, I think. Did they finish it or they can continue? Do you know? The manga's over. Oh, okay. I think he's writing like a sequel or something now. Um, but the, the, the original is over. Uh, yeah, it's cool. Okay. Hmm. Sounds good. Yeah, that that's me. That's my anime minute. My anime minute. I'm almost done with um my life as a villainess or whatever it is about the girl who's trapped in the game that she knows uh it's gonna end bad for her, so she's trying everything to change it. Um last two episodes and I'm probably gonna finish them tonight. 
And then I'm going to hop on my new anime, which I don't know what it is, but I need to figure it out. That's about it for my anime minute. I mean, Spy Family is still fantastic. I got new two fig. I got two figurines for Christmas: a Mega Meme and a Jotaro figurine. I'm actually really happy about that. Other than that, that's all my anime minute. But yeah, I, I don't have anything for anime minute. Um, Anthony's anime minute is he's gonna start reading Berserker, guys. Yeah, it's gonna. I'm gonna start reading Berserk. <laughs> I if he hasn't started it, by the time this episode comes out. <laughs> oh God. I don't think it's if I, don't, if I haven't started by 2022 when this episode comes out, <laughs> then uh, no, uh, I've just been watching when I have time. Honestly, most all my time's been spent into work, cyberpunk, and Shit's Creek. And how good is Shit's Creek? Uh, Shit's Creek's really good. Oh my god, it's so good. How great is Catherine O'Hara? She's the mom. Honestly, my least favorite character. What? She's great. The character's not great. Oh my gosh, great. you're crazy. Uh, Matt, you got anything for Anime Minute? Nah, not really. I've just been on the hunt for AD processors here lately with the craziness of uh, 2020 and scalpers being absolutely out of their goddamn minds. I'm with you on down to 3080, still waiting to see if I can get one. Probably be another two months, hopefully. All right, then let's, uh, let's go into Fully Cooly. Two tiny bits of housekeeping first. I did decide that I want to do voice actor for uh, Commander Amaro. His Japanese is Koji Okura, who had no other roles that stood out to me. And his English is Dave Mallow, who does Goto in Hunter x Hunter, and Akuma in Street Fighter. It's okay. like all of Street Fighter. That's good. Uh, pretty quick one. Last, or other little bit is... This being Anthony's first time seeing this show and it j- the nature of the conversations we had last week. As much as I would love he- love to just sit here and like compare theses with Matt all day. <laughs> uh, Anthony, if you have like reads on characters or themes or like what something is supposed to mean or someone's arc or or how things relate to each other just basically anything please jump in and give me that i want to hear i there i think there's so much shit in these three episodes i've got the main theme down and that's really about it well i mean even just like see that's okay that's the thing man there's a point in this i think it's the last episode where they literally like say to Naoto, what is fully coolie? And he's like, I don't know. It doesn't fucking matter. Bingo. Because the whole point is, I think I said this last week as well, is that you're supposed to, in a way, apply your own meaning, right? Like there are things that are pretty much unarguable and there are definitely ubiquitous themes, but you're supposed to try and derive your own thoughts from the events that transpire. There's enough ambiguity where you can read things in multiple different ways. So yeah, man, I I fucking love people just going wild with like interconnectivity of themes and symbolism and all that stuff and just seeing what people come up with. It's so interesting. So if you've I'll got give you anything, guys a little bit, but I'm I'm actually really excited to watch this circle jerk of themology between you two. <laughs> oh boy, God, this is gonna be a massive. Circle and me and Monk, you're just gonna be a, we're we're gonna go into the other room and play like magic or some shit. Just let you guys go to town. 
Oh, I'm going to town. Oh, speaking of going to town and like sex, those boys were about to like fulfill their like, you know, their faces. I'm sorry. When she was just knocking them out there like, oh, Wait, what? <laughs> in the right? in the episode where she ends up uh, in the barbershop. No, she's just like, isn't this the one where they open up with like the baseballs just getting knocked out of the fucking park? Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about the barbershop. Oh, OK. Oh, no, no, no. Like literally at the beginning and their faces, dude, they, they were all in their. Uh, what's that face called during sex? The owl face or whatever. Ah, hey, gal, please. This the, is anime. The, oh, my God. <laughs> the ooh face. Uh, yeah, I think the league, the show, the league had um, a really funny way to say it. But anyway, yeah, they would do like all like when they were seeing her just knock them out. They were all just like, oh, yeah. I mean, to your point, uh, Haruko was just nailing home runs. We see the scoreboard is 44 to zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the other team, I guess, captained by the grandfather is lamenting how they're terrible since uh, Tsuku left, who is uh, Naoto's older brother. We get a quick montage of Naoto up to bat because he never swings. <laughs> so he just gets a bunch of strikes until Haruko nails him in the face with the ball. <laughs> it's like fucking stop wasting my time. Just fucking nails him. Uh, also, it didn't even like the the the, the players also mention how good uh, Tascoon was. Yeah, because uh, he he ostensibly went overseas to play baseball. Yeah, Osco. I'm just saying Tascoon being there wouldn't have helped. Perhaps not. Oh hell no! But still, that wasn't the point. Yeah, they don't know that Haruko's like a fucking alien monster. And just to kind of add on to um, Naoto, just listening to all of them probably that whole time, just being like, I wish Tosku was here. We were so good with him. Like, just more mm-hmm. comparative fucking, yeah. I think they even say at one point, like, oh, all we've got is his brother. I hope he's good. And he won't even co- He won't even swing. Nope. He won't even swing the bat. Won't even swing. Uh... <laughs> We see Conti collecting balls, and the grandfather has a brilliant idea to <laughs> recruit him to the team. <laughs> Haruko tells Nauta that he's not being honest with himself, and nothing can happen till he swings the bat. Oh, he tells him that the bandage look is a nice look, too. <laughs> yeah. Which is a, a little bit different than what she normally does, because normally it's just a lot of berating him. And it starts to change a little bit more. Hmm. Uh, Naota comes home and the dad is <laughs> giving Haruko the weirdest masha- massage in the world. What, you've never gotten a neckbeard massage? <laughs> oh. I'll be there in a minute, Orange. <laughs> I've been to a couple PAXs, so I have, but not intentionally. Uh, Naota is clearly uncomfortable with it, and then they fucking lady in the tramp and egg, which is, come on, man. That yoke is going to get everywhere. <laughs> I like how the logistics of this situation offend you more than what's actually going on. Isn't he having like background flashbacks as well during this scene? Um, uh, it's in the. I thought it was the gun, or no, that's later. Never mind. No, I think there was yeah. a, like a, a background, like a flashback, like a quick, like little. Like, yeah, yes, two yeah, yeah, you're right. He, he flashes says, back. Yeah, Go where it goes. You're the one I saw first. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and I'm assuming that that's because. He's watching her like literally fuck around with his dad, and then he keeps going mm-hmm. back to like, but you said I was the one you saw first, kind of that, yep. all, that, yeah. that mentality of like you know that almost like that ownership, which is kind of real prevalent right now, especially for certain like I don't know YouTube Twitch streamers, females complain about this shit all the time, right? 
mm-hmm. like the ownership of their fans, which I don't want to deep delve into that, but it's kind of interesting that they brought this up in what what year is this again? Did you just hold on? Did you watch Perfect Blue again? <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'd have brought that shit up in my anime minute. <laughs> um, yeah, because I I think you're in a way correct. I don't think that that's necessarily the thing they're trying to invoke. Yeah, truthfully, I was just following a thought process, and that's where I wound up. Yeah, absolutely. Please, I encourage that a thousand percent. But I, I think there, I think there is something to that through line that comes to a head in episode five. Um, but more than that, I think it's if you actually think further back or to the full scene with Nauta, uh, with the I saw you first. Yeah, the real exchange between them was, you know, he's like, "Oh, go fuck with my dad, whatever," and she basically tells her that she chose him. Like, th- this option has already been presented and she rejected the dad yeah. in favor of Nauta. Now he's seeing the opposite. Plus, it's a, the other thing is is that, and this is kind of me going back to um, one of the things I said in the last episode, which was, um, you remember how I said Nauta is like this character who strives for order or normalcy or um, logical, essentially? Sure. So you've got her essentially trying to bleed out emotion from him or bleed out the the other side of the brain or the the emotional side. That's pretty mm-hmm. true, yeah, because he's always talk. Well, I don't know if he always, but it's definitely like, I know at the very beginning and the very end for sure, like, there's nothing ever happens here. Everything's ordinary, you know. Mm-hmm. And oh, fuck, I meant to bring that monologue up. He's trying very much to like, it seems like he is trying to be just a normal, basic bitch adult kind of thing. Yeah, and then like this is all happening to him, and you're right. She's just like, no, you're gonna feel. I think that's kind of the crux of a lot of characters, and the you know the main struggle in this series more than the on the surface puberty stuff is people's disconnect with their like true identities and their true emotions and the stuff they put forwards to fight against that, to mask that, to shield themselves from it. Because you know you look at now to. And he absolutely cares. He pretends he doesn't. And he hides behind this, like, uh, a maturation, pretending he's above all of this, pretending he's too good for it. And and the only one who, to this point, has made it past that stuff, this is including the side characters, like the dad, is Nina Mori, who we'll definitely talk more about later. I think you could go on a stretch and say Mamimi has also pulled this off because she basically did by herself in the first episode. Um... For the most part, I would say by herself. She kind of relapses in these episodes, though. Yeah, she relapsed in the last episode, dude. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying like that. Her attitude. I'm not saying anything about her character. But she's like one of the other other people that can get uh, now to to elicit this kind of uncharacteristic response. Oh yeah, totally. I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, I thought you were saying something else, but yeah, you're totally right. Um, and yes, that is definitely something we will touch on big in episode five, probably. Eyebrows guy shows up. What's I like? I like his eyebrows. Yeah, his eyebrows are real cool. Of course you would. Yeah, so what? I don't understand. You don't understand his eyebrows? I 100% don't understand his eyebrows. Did you listen to what I just said at all about masks and shit? Wait, who are False maturation? Who are you? So wait, so his eyebrows were supposed to be like a masking? 
He he thinks his eyebrows make him look more mature, manlier. Amaro, oh, dude, we're going to fucking talk about Amaro, but Amaro. <laughs> think hold of on Amaro, to that thought because that's in the later episodes. Let's keep going. I'm just going to say, think of Amaro as running. Think of Amaro as a failed Nauta. And I'll move on and we'll come back to that. Okay. Uh, he he warns Nauta about Haruko, which we don't have to go into that. Uh, Nauta has a brief meeting with Mamimi, which is a fairly typical for those two. Oh, hold on. Um, you missed one of the best quotes. Yeah, what's up? I think uh, this was, I think, during the commander meeting. Didn't he say adults are stupid? Uh, Nauta? Uh, no, I'm pretty... Oh, maybe he did. Amaro? Oh, actually, I think... I, <laughs> no, because I can't remember if I wrote... Because I, I put, you're right, adults are stupid. And I don't know if I'm agreeing or if he's agreeing. You know what I mean? Uh, I, th- I think I do remember that line. I think it is a Nauta line. So Har- Nauta comes home. Haruko meets him outside. There's some weird shit with heads. Yeah. Is that just what? What? <laughs> yeah, what's up? <laughs> what do you mean, what's up? Just what? Oh, oh, the the flashy scene where he's holding Nauta's head. She's holding Nauta's head. She's holding Nauta's head, and then it becomes another head, and then it's, she's just behind him. And she's like, I'll be your baseball coach. Oh, uh-huh. at first it's, it's what do you mean? Uh-huh. the father's like, head, fine. and it... And she, he's asking why, why don't you go hang out with him? Or, and then it, the the sentence gets repeated that says, um, uh, what is it? Something to the effect of like yours is the only one that works. E- oh, thought it, I wrote I that. It's I another, it. it's another one of those situations where you got like two conversations going on at the same fucking time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I. I it's it's hard to tell if some of these scenes are purely in service of just like the whirlwind of confusion that you're supposed to be feeling because it's from the perspective of Nauta and what is actually supposed to like have relevance. I honestly don't take anything from this fucking weird head thing. Yeah, I know. I just I just thought Nauta went to kill his dad. That's the way I looked at it. Like he was just imagining visions of killing his dad. They might be laying the groundwork for us to think that for the next scene or whatever. Well, the yeah. other thing to me is just it's another and this is just having after watched all of it and put it all together enough times is more just to elicit more emotion out of him to bring him more into essentially what you want to think of the middle of the spectrum to where he's got both rational and irrational thoughts. It's meant to just throw him off balance. Yes. And if I'm supposed to be him, like in this perspective, then I agree. I was thrown off balance. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> the, yeah. The, I mean, you always should assume you're looking at things from the protagonist's perspective as much as possible. But um, we do a little bit of, you know, batting practice. Quote unquote batting practice. Quote unquote batting practice. And then we got our fucking Evangelion scene with the uh, <laughs> the control room and the thing heading towards it. And the scr- little screen even goes red. Yep. It's just straight up Evangelion. I really wish the uh the fucking like the music for Evo would have started playing right there too. Uh Amaro doesn't like spicy things, turns out. Huh. Who else doesn't like spicy things? Hmm, weird. Don't know. You know what? I was listening to you guys talk about how uh he is basically a failed Naoto, and I was like, what? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nauta wakes up in the middle of the night and Haruka is being weird with his dad. 
Yeah, she's missing from the room, and then he goes looking for her and finds... Like, they don't really... the. It's odd the way they show it. They don't necessarily, like, fully give in that, that there's, like, sex or anything going on, but you're not really sure if it's just, like, something weird, like the fucking weird-ass... um Electric... Ma- or the massage. The massage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the electric massage with the cord coming out of his ass. Yeah. Which I guess we'll learn what that's all about it later, actually. But yeah, it's just weird stuff that uh, now to sees it, his head goes a little bit berserk. Yeah, you see a, a large like beep go off, essentially. Yeah. We then cut over to uh, Naota's hanging out with uh, Mamimi by the river again. Haruko uh, comes and tries to bring him to the game. Uh, Mamimi wants to go because it's Conti's first game and she wants to see him play. She's yeah, about it. She wow. still labels she still labels him as Lord Conti. Yeah, which is fair. Um, Nauta doesn't want to go, and Mamimi says that. Oh, that's fine. Takun's not the type, the type to swing the bat. Shots fucking fired. Nobody right. knows. <laughs> Nauta goes home. He finds his dad on the floor. His his pocket. It's weird. His watch wasn't working. He just wound it. <laughs> it's actually one of those weird scenes like where you're getting like Thank you, Anthony. It's actually one of those really weird scenes like where you're getting like <laughs> flash forwards because his dad like stands up from from being over in the corner. But yeah. like you see shots of or like stills of him like laying on the ground with like either his head knocked off or blood pouring out of him. It's one of those weird scenes that's like he's sitting there trying to play with it. Is this what really is happening in reality or is this what he wants to happen or? Yeah, it's especially weird because I get from our perspective and the way it plays out, it hasn't happened yet. Um, Because he walks in, he see we get that vision and then he sees his dad like through a curtain um, and his dad comes out. Well, <laughs> first Nauta has like this weird fucking trip that he goes on through his brain. And his dad comes out and is just talking and being weird. Uh, and Nauta hits the TV. And then we get a recap, or not a recap, but they reshow that same scene with him on the floor and the watch broken and the blood or whatever. Well, when you also hear him talking, it's not just weird. Like you hear it, it comes across robotic. Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I didn't pick up on that, but if that's what it is, totally, that makes sense. So we get to the baseball game. Uh, Haruko Beans Conti. Because, of course. Well, I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you've got to immediately just get him out of the game. And you see her over there just whistling in the background, like, I did nothing wrong. Yeah. And then we get the evacuation alarm from Mabase. There's a big old bomb coming. That's when the Eva music hits, baby. Uh, we cut over to Nauta's interrogation by Amaro. But, like, hey, why'd you hit your dad? Why'd you hit your dad? And he's like, I didn't do anything, repeatedly. Um his first little f- slip up is, uh, or not slip up, I guess, but um, he starts to yell about Haruko, and Amaro's like, "Oh, you call her by her first name, huh? Guess you two are pretty close." Which I think we've talked about that concept with you before, Anthony. Closeness. Uh, well, like how uh, in Japanese oh, culture, yeah. calling someone by their first name without any honorifics um, implies a certain relationship. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then. Now it eventually snaps again, and, but stops himself short when he realizes, not realizes, but is about to admit that he hit the TV because he was jealous of his dad uh, messing with Haruko. Uh, and then I think this is the first time we actually learn about uh, Tomsk. 
Yes. Really? Did you just fuck that up? Adamsk. Adamisk. Adamisk. It, it's not spe- it's spelled Adam A T O M S K. This is why you watch the dub. Adamisk. <laughs> uh, we cut back. We find out. Oh, Dad was a robot. He finds him un- in the cupboard, covered with cockroaches and dried mm-hmm. out. He looks like fucking <laughs> a mummy that's been. I thought it was. Back. I thought it was dead. <laughs> he technically was in the dub. He says, yeah. "I died for a little bit." <laughs> But everyone knows you can revive dead people by putting them in the tub. <laughs> yeah, haven't you played Galactic Space Rock thing? You just pour some water on them and you're fine. <laughs> That's how potions work. Get it straight, man. Which reminds you, have you guys ever had those? I I don't want, I don't know what they are. They're not toys, but um, where you put them in the water and they grow. Oh, little dinosaurs. Yeah, stuff. What is wrong with you? A chia pet is not a little toy that you put in water and it gets big. Oh, I thought you just put those fuckers in water and they get big. <laughs> Intercut with uh, him putting his dad in the bath and like pouring water on him and stuff is Mamimi calling for the Lord of Terror. Because why not? On Conti's back. Yes. I'm not going to lie, that first scene I thought she was calling Conti now the Lord of Terror. <laughs> no, he's the Lord of Flames or whatever. Yeah. My apologies for not understanding that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should because it was in the other episodes. Like, keep up. That's why I was saying now calling him oh. the Lord of Terror. Yeah. No, she's speaking about the fucking bomb that's coming down. Yeah. And it's pretty implied also, right, that that, that bomb is heading directly for What's-His-Face's head, now to his face. Yeah, it's implied yeah. because you, you've seen in a couple different shots where his head's been, like, beeping with red. Oh, yeah, a lot of them, yeah. Even when it's, like, not implied, it's still beeping red. He's the big fucking target. The thing is coming right for his fucking face. <laughs> uh, Almaro gives us a brief explanation of the head stuff and how it's basically, like, an interdimensional portal for medical mechanica. Which nicely just ties in with what I've been saying all along. You have to have the right balance of the left and right side of the brain in order to be able to open up a portal straight through the fucking middle. Sure. Oh, I see what you're saying. Go ahead and pat myself on the back. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry, dude. You haven't watched the show several <laughs> times before. I, I for one, I, I would say, I, I think, I think that's a, re, a kind of a reductionist version of it. But yeah, um, but I don't think that's what they were going for, especially since like left side, right side was always more about like logistical and artistic. Although I guess like or uh, logistical and creative, that kind of shit. Um, logic versus creativity, which you could go with, is um, logic versus um, emotion. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I see the extrapolation, and I, 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 to be fair, I think you're saying the exact same thing that I believe is true. But, but I will ask way. this though. So you guys explained why, like specifically, they need her. But like, could you just kind of clarify the like what he mentions as how the teleportation works? Or is it not really like illicitly explained here? Just kind of so honestly, it's kind of it's kind of glossed over. It's not given in full detail, but the essential version of it is is that someone has to have just the right type of head, where they can access essentially both of the logistical and the emotional side of the brains. So typically, it only happens when somebody can go through both of them. So you can have this usually when you have one person that's say like now to who's typically on the logistical, all of a sudden just have an explosion of emotion. 
and that will cause both sides of the brain to be active, which causes a which causes enough what they label later on as NO to be able to open up a portal and grab whatever. Okay, so is there any like is there any so and, and it's by what is the name medical Ma- medical mechanica medical mechanica. So I I was I may have gotten this wrong. I was under the impression that they were the people that were in the iron. Yes, they are the people that are running that factory that looks like the iron. But technically, they as a group are never actually shown in person. Okay, Correct. I was going to ask about that too. Okay, yeah. So then we're to assume, and then based on his explanation, is the the iron medical people are sending items in a teleporting fashion and then no, they're just no you, okay so that's um kind of a eh. um so essentially now to as you've figured out by now or should have figured out by now has <laughs> the powers <laughs> of atomisk i don't know if we know the guy here he he can't necessarily use them on command or doesn't have control of them or even understand them himself but essentially he is the conduit like he has to he's the key that is the connection to Adamisk. um yes okay yeah, even yeah. okay even if that's w- sure I'll, yeah i i, I, I don't okay. think we should understand that now on our first viewing but yeah but anyway either 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 regardless why what why specifically are the items coming out of his head that are coming out of his head so he got the access to it. Essentially, Conti came out, which was originally what you want to consider the container of Adamisk. That's how they tr- captured him. Actually, let's just go ahead and proceed further. We'll explain it more when they talk about how they uh, they talk about that he was captured and that whole spiel. No, you next. go ahead. Let's get all the science bullshit out of the way right now. So, again, this is all entirely horseshit <laughs> fucking science mumbo jumbo, even though it's made to sound somewhat like, yeah, sure, but makes no sense in reality. Um, so essentially, Conti was the container for Adamus. That's how they captured him and were imprisoning him and holding him. Because essentially, what Medical Mechanica wants to do is just make the world entirely make sense or remove um, personal thought, remove personality or personalism, essentially, like individuality that's what i'm looking for that was the word i was looking for they're looking medical mechanica is trying to remove individuality from everybody they want the world and the universe just to work the way that they intend it was all to be smooth brides exactly which is like then, explicitly what they say later <laughs> and then essentially they captured um Adamisk inside conti because Adamisk has the power to base which they label as no which mm-hmm. is the ability to basically reach in through space time and grab whatever the fuck he wants and pull it through it. Okay. So essentially think about wherever he's at, he could just open up a black hole and reach in and grab whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Okay. So they want to do away with him. They want to either kill him, remove him, capture him, store him away, something. They want to just do away with him because that does not fit their ideal of order. Yeah, he's like the main antagonist in the fight that we just now kind of got introduced to. It's you don't even actually necessarily know whether he's the antagonist or not because well, he sounds like a Wukong s character, right? Uh, or the Monkey King. Sorry, How, in, because you, you don't necessarily know that chaos, he's doing right? any. 
you don't necessarily know that he's doing anything inherently evil. He just does things, I'm assuming. Yeah, he may not physically attack them, but they consider him a threat, right? Correct. Think of Adamisk more abstractly. Um, I, I, I think trying to... I'm just to, trying like, to make it relatable. Play, no, no, no. Uh, I don't think you need to, though. Like, I think that's kind of defeats the point. But essentially, it, it doesn't. It isn't even so much like what he is or who he is as a person. It's just the concept mm-hmm. of his power. Exactly, and the concept of him as like yes, yeah, exactly. The concept of Adamisk is more important than who he is in relation to anyone. The idea of Adamisk is more important than the being of Adamisk. Yeah, I get that. I was just trying to like in my head phrase like why why the fuck would they like I, I was let down like a why would they even care if he's not attacking them and then I thought you know well people just yeah jealousy fear whatever yeah I mean you could go any any of those routes and essentially they just yeah 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 I, I'm good he doesn't fit their model yeah. so they just want to go and pull a uh, sure USSR and just take him out back and shoot him. So, there's only one other group that hasn't real. There's like, then there's essentially it's essentially three like groups to f- that are fighting that are introduced at this point that you should somewhat have an understanding of what's going on. So, you have medical mechanica and what they're trying to do. You have Adamisk and you have Haruko chasing after Adamisk. You don't necessarily know why at this point. And you have whatever the fuck Amaro You have is. essentially what amounts to, I don't know what the name is that they gave him, but Armoro and his division, which is essentially those that just want Earth to be... Yeah, nerf. To just be... Yeah, fuck, I couldn't think of the name. God damn yes! it. They just want the, the Earth. They just want the Earth to be left alone. My head was like, Eva, Zila, uh, that. I was too... <laughs> Right, um, and then, well, the last, so my last science question, like, okay, so I get, yeah, okay, they just nod, nod, he can do this. Do they ever explain why specifically the items came out of his head that came out of his head? No. Again, he, you just know that so. he is the catalyst. There's not really a reason as to why, but they just keep repeating over the, that he's the one that fit. Yeah, okay, so essentially Adamus, like, he was just like, fuck it, he needs a guitar. Um, essentially, and that guitar comes out of his essentially, head. Essentially, in a lot of cases, it's whatever is needed at the current moment is usually what comes out. That's kind of fair too. I, to me, I honestly think that's like a logic that probably isn't there. I think that sort of stuff, if you can extrapolate symbolism to like what actually comes out, um, I think it exists not in tandem with whatever lore fully coolly has, but just because they want it to, and they can get away with it because the lore isn't extrapolated that much. I gotcha. I mean, yeah, I, I just wondered if... The, yeah, I guess I could have phrased that more like, a, did they ever explain why specifically the items that came out? Not not specific... Uh, not why, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they also throw in the quote, again, you're the first one I saw after all that talk. They do. Okay. I think I might have missed that. And so that's when I kind of started. I actually thought about that quote for a while, that you're the first one I saw. And I I don't know if they meant this, but I kind of took it away as a, she's the first, not only like does his head work, but he's also, she's also, or no, I think he's the first one that she saw that she knew the head would work. She He's also sure. like essentially, if you really want to think about it at this point, the first one that she's somewhat connected with or shown to connect with, even though it's kind of implied more that it's manipulation than that she connected anything with him. 
implied is yeah. maybe generous <laughs> on her part. It's I think it's giving a more generous characterization to Haruko, but we'll get there. Well, <laughs> but I was also kind of thinking about that. Uh, all right, you can go ahead and finish that because we'll move on. Oh, you're good. I just I was just saying, like it is being kind of generous, but still, it's if you're left to look at it from the eyes of, of uh, Naoto, that's what you're perceived to see. Yeah, totally. Um, at the end of the meeting with Amaro, um, Jesus, at the end of all that stuff, he also says there's very few who will swing the bat. Um, there's a bomb coming, and he asks for him to ask Haruko to hit one more out of the park. Hit one more for the home team. <laughs> Tell him it's a home team. Home te- This request comes from a home team fan. Hometown, hometown <laughs> fan, yeah. Hometown fan, yeah. Uh, Haruka busts into Naoto's house when he's back home. Uh, during this scene, it is kind of intercut with the Amuro stuff a little bit, but uh, Haruka's plan is alluded to. Uh, it doesn't really tell us what it is, but we know she's got greater machinations happening. Yep, she's sitting on the bed when she explains it to him. Yeah. Then fucking Crazy Sunshine plays and Crazy Sunshine rules. Um, Haruka, Haruko brings Nauta on top of a tower. It's not on top of any tower. It's on top of the iron, on top of the factory, the medical mechanica factory. Oh, okay. And yep. you actually see um, uh, Mamimi with Conti still over when they. you can see the little like blinking red light on top of the medical mechanic factory. That's how you know that they're up there. Again, man. <laughs> Writing so furiously. <laughs> <laughs> like, trying my best not to have to pause. That's that's why I say uh, you have to watch it like three times in order to catch everything that's fucking going on. Haruko starts rooting around inside of Nauta's head after putting a shower cap on him. And at the end of it, she pulls out, you don't have to remind me, a red guitar. Mm. <laughs> wow. You got that wrong. She doesn't pull out. No, yeah. it, is a red it pulls guitar. out red when it initially comes out because that's showing like the Atomus power that's coming through him. But it yeah, turns into a white flying bee. Yeah, but it still pull, comes out as a red guitar. No, it comes out, and once it finishes like its transformation movements, it's white. Yeah, but it comes out as red. Fuck you. <laughs> and Amaro is just like, but he's just a kid. What? And then we see the bat, or the missile, uh, heading toward them. It unfurls into the shape of a hand and throws. Because a ball. of course it's a baseball. <laughs> It's yeah, a baseball no episode, so I, know, I fucking love this. This thing is gaining so much from m- momentum, like it's coming out of this. And then the guy's like, and the fucking uh, meteor is just like, I'm gonna transform into a hand and throw the ball at you. <laughs> yep. And then you see <laughs> you're breaking all the all the like then the you, <laughs> momentum. Then you, see, uh, then you see the what's his fucking name again? The, the bushy brows yeah you see him come out it's a slider it's like really how the fuck can you tell yeah, that, that at all funny. <laughs> yeah he was like i kind of think like it's going down or it's a slider it's going down or whatever yeah and uh i really enjoyed the haru's line when she was like driving away she was like i don't know he might not even swing all of mabase could is it mabase mabase yeah Mabase, yeah. Uh, she was like, all of Mabase could be destroyed. I don't know. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> and, and I thought that was really fucking funny. <laughs> till first, so for all you all watching, see you later. Oh, did she fourth wall break too? Yeah, she fourth wall nice. breaks in the dub where she just starts talking to the audience and says sayonara. And then she just looks I up. I do remember the sayonara, yeah. <laughs> you just see her panic and look up. 
uh, Nauta calls out to his brother again, which off in the distance activates Conti. No. Um, but he doesn't come absorb. No, it, it does show Conti's like face activate. He doesn't come absorb him this time. Though. Oh, yeah. And it actually puts the the uh, the it puts the mark on Nauta's forehead. Correct. On both the Conti's face and his forehead. Yeah. And Nauta swings. Good for you, Nauta. Uh, the ball stops on his guitar, but is still suspended. Going. They're struggling against each other. They're like, oh, it's going to explode as it starts to peel yeah. open. And then Haruko comes back and hits it with him. Yeah, and she just fucking clears it. Like, it. they show a line. The, the animation is great. They show a line, and it just shows it flying. So, to me, it, it shows that she had the ability to do it all along. That wasn't the point of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's very established that she could probably fucking destroy this thing. <laughs> the big, the big thing for me is I feel like they use this episode almost like for her for like a confirmation that that confirming that Nauta is the conduit. Uh, yeah, I yeah, totally, I could see that. Yep, <laughs> I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> Um, what do you got? Okay. So we cut to a shot of Mamimi. What do you guys think is the, the expression on her face here? It's, um, kind of like disappointment in my opinion. I'm not, I'll explain it a little bit more, but let, let's hear it from the other people. Um, I don't remember it. Okay. That's fair. I don't remember it. Okay. I use the word despondent, (laughs) which I guess is. Probably a little more severe, but close. Uh, so I, I think we take the same reading in that she wasn't happy to see this turn of events. Wow. Low spirits from loss of hope or courage. Uh, not so much the courage, but... Why you know. do you think that? And then I'll tell you why I think that. Oh, why do I think that? Why do you think she looked like that? Oh, boy. Um, it, it all... Shit. I'm trying not to get too deep into characters because at some point I do just want to fucking nail on these characters. Well, this um, one can pretty much be just go ahead and gone through right here because this is essentially um, the breaking point. Yeah, sure. Do we just want to drill on Mamimi right now? Let's go, baby. Okay, let's talk about Mamimi. So you don't want to talk about her in the last episode? um, I think the last episode we could just do like a full thing on her and but there, there, we could talk about her great, like most of her right now and then wrap her up, I think. Okay. Um, so the reason I think she has that look now is because she is still clinging to Nauta as her replacement for Tasku. And I, I think even at this point, which I don't, I could be wrong, um, the, like the kitten isn't around, like she's been abandoned by another Takun. <laughs> um, and she will shortly find another Takun, and and she just has this codependency. And him swinging the bat metaphorically, even though it's literal at this point, is him taking his own steps into like independence and maturity. Where from her perspective, she feels like he won't need her anymore. He won't cling to her anymore. He'll feel like he has outgrown her. Just like 
everyone else she has connected with. I think you're hitting it right on the head, but I think I would almost go a step further and kind of paint Mamimi in a little bit darker light. I would go as far as to say she has fully lost control of the last thing she controlled in her life. Uh, sure. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. So essentially, she has n- no control over anything else. Her house life was already shit, which has been pre-established. Her school life is shit because she's bullied. She has shit luck when she's out in the world, which gets shown again in 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 a couple episodes. She just loses that last grip of control on reality. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I never thought about it as a control thing, but I 100% see that. Um, Great. (laughs) Wow, this is really talking about things works so much almost detrimentally smoother when we just agree. (laughs) (laughs) Any other thoughts? On Mamimi, guys. Her whole character as a whole. Look, let's look at this as like, if you have any big thoughts on Mamimi, let's get them out now. And we basically won't go in depth on her character until the very, very end where we'll kind of bookend her. Close her off. So if you if you got anything you want to say about Mamimi, any questions, any thoughts, how she ties into other people, you, we could even introduce those kinds of things now. Mamimi's uh, story arc is kind of sad. Sure. I mean, I think all their story arcs are kind of sad, but I would say sad, but she's also at fault for a lot of her own problems. Yeah. And I think that's kind of true of everyone as well. Yeah. So we'll wrap back on Mamimi. That's pretty much the end of that episode. Is there any, um, is there any exposition? Oh no, hold on. That's not the very end. Um, so we have that look with Mamimi. She says that he swung the bat. Uh, Haruko is driving the sleeping now to home. And she has what appears to be almost a genuine, like, almost proud look on her face before she... Maniacal laughing. (laughs) Yeah, before she reverts back into Haruko. (laughs) Um, And then Amuro's eyebrows fall off. (laughs) Yep. That's the best part of the show. (laughs) And the (laughs) subordinate's just staring on in horror. Yep. It's so good. That is episode four. Go for episode five. This was one of my favorite episodes of television when I was a child. Brittle bullet. Fucking weird manic all the way through this goddamn episode, dude. Well, isn't this the one that's just chock full of fucking references? Yes. All of them is, (laughs) though. Yeah. This episode goes a mile a goddamn minute. Um, We open with Naoto and Haruko in the grass with Uzis. Of course, nothing out of the ordinary here. Haruko tells him to go and die for their love and kicks him out. And then we cut to Nauta watching a, sh- a shoot 'em up movie with his grandpa. Yeah, and then in the movie, they're sitting there talking about, wait, where are all these birds coming from? And then they, <laughs> the fucking... Oh, fuck. So it's a John Woo reference. The, the dad gets knocked into the room, into the TV, and then birds appear out of the television. <laughs> uh, the dad is dressed as Lupin. <laughs> as yep. he is rejected by uh, Spring Punch. Spring Punch <laughs> from Haruko. From, from a particular area. Mm-hmm. Um, he he uh, he goes on a whole rant about Lupin, like, oh, you don't like the red one? You prefer the green one? Blah, 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 blah. And then he makes a reference of Castle of Cagliostro. Fucking awesome movie. 
so good. What is uh, happening to this podcast? I don't. You guys are talking, and it's in plain English, but I have no fucking clue what you're saying. Dude, the dad is literally speaking in anime references. Yes. Okay, that's all he's doing. There's nothing yeah. like genuinely important about anything he's fucking saying. He just keeps because this is the airsoft episode, right? Yeah, yeah. But it, it it shifts over to where they're in the house, and then you're you're seeing what launched or what caused the the airsoft match. Okay. Yeah. Also, Anthony, we did talk about looping the thought and the yeah, coats. a little bit, but like you're like you're just going in right now, and like it's kind of like it's kind of like when dude. you listen to like a conversation in like Spanish, and like I heard looping the third, and I was like, I know that word, like I know what the fucking word like no sotros means. I can I know what that word means, but I don't know what the, anything else the fuck you said. Um. Ba, 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 ba. So we get all that. Everyone watch Castle of Cagliostro. Really good. Uh, now to then busts into his room. Haruko is uh, dancing around in the least conservative nightgown ever made. That's not a nightgown. That's just a towel. Oh, is it just a towel? I thought it like had straps. It's just a towel. She's sitting oh, okay. there dancing around with the cat while talking. She's arguing. I put she was arguing with Miyu Miyu. Because <laughs> she's like, ah, my mission hasn't failed yet. Come on. It's not about likey or dislikey. <laughs> Uh, Nauta tells her to put clothes on, so she gets into full rocker getup with a pompadour. Oh, she gets in a Elvis Presley outfit. Yeah, <laughs> I caught that reference. Boys. Which th- this is a big part where the the dub is going to vary a little bit on what's said. I'm sure. Like I, I figured because I, I this is another one that's like, oh, she just dropped 18 references, and I probably got about two of them. <laughs> but first, she t- she teaches them to learn guitar in one millisecond. <laughs> 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 Which, watch watch Haruko's master the guitar in 30 millisecond class sign up now <laughs> which hey I think is secretly an important line even though it's a joke because Haruko's like the fakest character of the entire series and she's basically just now telling him like hey man fucking fake it till you make it you want to be something pretend you are that thing <laughs> act like a rock star you are a rock star I mean, she's kind of not wrong I guess in that aspect of things and and just the immediate response of does anybody where Naoto breaks fourth wall asks the audience do you find this difficult to understand and immediately just starts getting shot by one of the airsoft submachine guns uh-huh. and yes yes Naoto it is very hard to understand what's going on <laughs> it's so hard to understand what's going on uh, before she makes like a million fucking references uh, she says you'll look more mature if you play the guitar <laughs> yeah and then she makes a it, bunch of references in the dub one it says. You could learn. Uh, you learned master the guitar. Uh, it's like you could. You could learn. To, you could learn to master it. You grab a guitar. Chicks dig it, dude. Pion. Pion. Yeah. And then she, she, keeps, she keeps saying pion. Yeah. She also. I did hear the references, and even in the sub, there was references to Paul McCartney and Jimi Hendrix. So yep. in the, I'm actually, I've got the episode open. I want to say what the dub versions ones. What, what was it in the English one or in the Japanese one? Uh, it was a lot of people. I don't think I recognized. There, there was one uh, Watanabe, which might have been Watanabe, which I don't know if that's a reference to like Cowboy Bebop Watanabe or there's like a famous musician Watanabe. But outside of that, I, I didn't know any just like awesome. So let me let me give what the ones that come out through the dub. Speaking like filter or slash like Red Hot Chili Peppers or Rage Against the Machine or Richard Cheese. 
they Richard Cheese? Yeah, and they then, reference Richard Cheese? And then Naoto immediately just goes in the middle of like goes, one of these one of those doesn't sound like it fits mm-hmm. and gets shot again. Yep, that's fucking yeah, Richard that, Cheese. That still is in the sub. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Uh, Richard Cheese like um obviously it's for Dick Cheese. He's a um uh-huh. Oh, he's the, he has like a band, I guess. Oh, I think he calls his band and lounge against the machine. It's it's satirical. <laughs> it's uh, he does like Sinatra based versions of like songs that should not be covered by Frank Sinatra. Nice. So like that's pretty uh, good. I think the one that I got it was down with the sickness. <laughs> so he'd be like, "You fuckers, get up! Come on, get down with the sickness!" <laughs> you know, shit like that. And I think he's a Vegas kind of guy. That makes this all the funnier. One of those doesn't seem like it fits. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. That's the only reason I know is because I know he did down with the sickness, and I'm pretty sure all of his like it's all satirical. Like, yeah, I'm just looking at him now. Down with the sickness was on a an album he dropped called Tuxicity, <laughs> and he's wearing a tux and stuff. It's yeah. So he's Weird Al if Weird Al only did Frank, Frank Sinatra. Oh uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, and move on. We do to immediately from that to. So she starts spinning the guitar and takes off like a fucking helicopter. That was kind of funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then we can proceed on how what happens next. Yeah, she is on top of him in bed. Back to her basically nakedness with just the towel with her ass completely hanging. Uh huh. One of those bits of um of fan service in this show that. <laughs> that are kind of forced. I still don't know. I, I still never really saw it as that and still kind of didn't. I have to go with Owens on that. I, I think Haruko, like is this kind of character. I don't think it's like fan service. Well, I think it's fan service in the fact that you get to see her ass, mm-hmm. but, I th- but I think it comes so natural to kind of her character because she doesn't give a fuck if she's naked. Oh, I mean, it, it fits. Yeah. I'm not... I'm not saying that, you know, it's like forced in any manner, but it, it definitely is fan service in my opinion. Well, yeah, and we talk about this a lot, like, in the other even, or, like, not Evangelion specifically, but in the other, there's obviously fan service in almost every single anime, and we always talk about it and stuff, and it's a really big point of contention sometimes. But no, it happens in, like, everything. Even a fun, fucking, uh, oh, god damn it. Yuri on Ice had Devil's Park. Oh yeah, Dev- oh yeah, Yuri on Ice. Yuri on Ice. Devil- Everything we've watched had like fan oh, service. Oh, Victor. Yeah, Victor. Tell me about that fan service. <laughs> <laughs> My God. And uh, I think the interesting part about this one, I want to specifically bring this anime up, is that it was like so natural for her character to really not care about the, her being exposed in the way she is, to where it, like it would make it like kind of weird because a lot of the other times it's like the girl's in an exposed position and then she's like, oh no, you saw me in that way. You know what I mean? And it feels kind of mm-hmm. weird. It's there to titillate the audience. Yeah, and hers was just like, it's fucking happening. You get a little piece of it and then we're going to go back to the scene. That mm-hmm. I feel like that's how fan service should be. Well, I mean, I, at that point, I don't like calling it fan service because I feel like I don't. I don't think they put it there because they wanted to be like, you know, let, let, let's give the the fans a little bit of Haruko. You know, I think they put it there because it felt like what we should be seeing. Like it felt natural because she is dressed this way realistically, and she's she's trying to. They they not- can do so much with her outfits because like she just changes outfits on the fly. I do think that it's a little of both. It is in character, but it also is fan service. I think it's both it's muddying that line well the point is she is like hardcore seducing now to here oh hell yeah 
And she's not going to do that in her fucking Kuwabara Elvis getup. <laughs> well, hold on. Well, okay, listen. Just maybe don't, not don't look at my search history is all I'm saying. <laughs> listen, I've also Googled Kuwabara Elvis. It's fine. <laughs> it, when she's on top of him, does she say, use your guitar again? Yep. Yep, she says, use Ooh. your guitar again. And then says it, and then says this, like, it says talking in, like, this really seductive voice towards him. Just trying to, like, get him to do something. He's just, like, not interested. Uh, she also tells him to act like an adult. Mm. I wonder what that means in this situation. And then his head cocks a couple of times. <laughs> and they kiss. And they kiss because his head gets forced up into her. And then in the background... The dad barges in. No, not barges in. He's there for that whole shot. Oh, yeah. He's just watching the whole thing. You know, yeah. I wrote like, fuck you, dad on the side. And then I scratched out dad and wrote his name because I feel like it's offensive to consider him part of dad's. <laughs> I forget what his name was. K- uh, K-O-M or K-A-M-O-N, I think. K-A-M-O-N. Come on. I think so. I honestly never remember his name because he's not, in my opinion, an important character. He's just kind of an extra comic relief in the background. Yeah, I mean. He he does serve a minor purpose, I think, but yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think he's just there to essentially contrast Naota, but that's his main yeah. purpose as a character. Totally. But yeah, he, he enters, he's like, uh, blah, 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 all this other bullshit no one cares about. Uh, he he jumps out of his looping clothes to try and get in there, get <laughs> spring punched again. Boxing glove vagina trap. <laughs> that's just... that. First of all, I am currently trademarking that band name. That's what I have written down. <laughs> this is what just happened to him. We go back to the duel now that it has been established. Haruko is fucking around with Naoto in the grass, wrapping around him like a snake. Also, so I forgot to mention this earlier because we went straight into it, the, like the scene with the guitar lesson, but my man was holding a Kimbo Mac 10s. Like holy shit! <laughs> Holding the Kimbo juice boxes, hell yeah! Just and just think about that real quick. Like when I didn't know it was airsoft at the beginning, so when we first got into this, he was just fucking literally two handing like fucking automatic sim- uh, submachine yep. guns. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? You realize how hard it is to get fucking weapons in Japan? It is. It is quite hard. Sure. Right. So they they're doing the shit in the grass. And then the Conti and dad, or Conti and the dad start shooting them. The dad is a Nazi for some reason. Yeah, he had an SS just strapped on his fucking. <laughs> yep. Yeah, let's just let's, just let's just blow right past that. <laughs> that Nazi reference. And don't ask me why that's there because I got no fucking clue. Other than oh, to make, no, um, other than to make him, tell you. other than to just make him look like a dick. No, I I don't know. I'm sure there's a. Re- I bet it was a reference to something, but I have no fucking clue. So they start shooting at. Uh, <laughs> Conti, or not Conti, uh, Haruko and Nauta. Yeah, and she starts using him as a shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the middle of the chaos, Lieutenant Kitsurubami emerges from a vehicle on the highway with a goddamn cannon. Side note: <laughs> I'm gonna have to give you. I'm gonna have to give you a golf clap on pronouncing the name right. <laughs> I'm usually like fucking so perfect with names. He is. He's pretty good at them. Haruko is just weird to me because I know the name Haruka and I'm balancing it with Nauta, which I'm also trying to reconcile with the name Nauto. <laughs> so they're like it, those two are just clashing hard in my head. I mean, yeah. Amaro um, is on the phone in the thing. He has his pinky stuck out because that's what sophisticated people do. Absolutely. 
And then we uh, watch an episode of South Park real quick. Okay, that was South. Uh, so, okay, I gotta look this up. I know you guys know already. So they're dude. <laughs> he's sitting there talking to her on the phone while also talking to the hairdresser. I wanna, I wanna have kind of haircuts so that way I can meet some <laughs> meeting a girl later. Uh huh. <laughs> something that says I'm all grown up, but something that says I'm also still fun to be around. Okay, so South Park was 1997. Fully Cooley was 2003. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was wondering, like, I was like, dude, that is, that's amazing. I, I, I think I was actually, I remember this specifically because I almost did a spit take because they just transferred over to fucking South Park rules <laughs> on animation and I was, I'd lost it, <laughs> which to be yeah. fair, I'm not in it like a, oh my God, I've watched all what, however many seasons of South Park, but like, I, I appreciate the, the, what I've watched of South Park. Yeah. And then that, that whole scene, like, uh, Matt said is. About him, he he wants an he wants an adult haircut. He wants to seem professional, and mature, but he's still here to have fun. <laughs> so he's asking for a mullet. <laughs> mm, no, that says I'm here to smoke weed, and if you're underage, you can have a beer. Uh, Nauta, meanwhile, in the gunfight, falls into a bunch of traps. He starts to fall into a fucking uh, what is it? One of those uh, Vietnamese pitfall traps. Yeah, he falls into a spike trap, gets pulled up by a rabbit trap, and then gets crushed by like four gate traps. All of them that magically like are very barely missing him or barely keeping from killing him. Mm-hmm. Because and Haruko anime. is not helping. No, she's just sitting over there fucking relaxing. Uh, meanwhile, Kitsurubame is taking a bunch of shots at Conti, and this is uh, one I'm curious about how it goes to the dub because in the sub. Uh, she's just mumbling about uh, the words fish and the word blue. Yeah. So in in yeah. the dub, it just says because uh, they just got done having a discussion the last time it looked at her where it was confirming that Conti was blue and not red. So that's what she was talking to Armoro about. So she's taking shots and she goes, blue, blue. He's still blue, blue, cobalt blue. Oh, <laughs> now, uh, does it does it then like descend into a pun or whatever? No, it's entirely in, just in the them saying essentially that he's not turning red. He's not the red version that they're looking for, but they're trying to just okay. do away with him because they have that group has an agreement that's already that was said in the previous stream while he had the towel over his face um, mm-hmm. to do away with Conti or get rid of him. Yeah, I was just curious because, like I said, it eventually does devolve into a pun about fish. Yes, there is a joke to, in to there. the point where Mamimi even like scolds her grammar a little. Uh, oh, oh, that that pun turns into um, she says die cyborg, and uh, Haruko slaps one of the bullets with her base, and it goes back and hits Kitsurubami. But while it's flying, you see Mamimi sitting there going. It's not a cyborg. He's a robot, but it's a common misconception. This may, and then the car just blows up. Okay, I kind of figured that that was the case because, for whatever reason, one of the lines I remember from the dub is pretty shortly when the dad is like floating by in the river. He goes, "Robots are different from cyborgs." Yeah, that <laughs> that happens like three times in this episode where they just talk about the difference between cyborgs and, and robots. I don't know why, but that is that is burned into my brain. <laughs> that and the uh, we're having your favorite. Um, fuck, what? Well, now I can't remember it. Little Prince <laughs> Mild Curry. No, the the thing it's in the next episode about the rice. I think I remember saying rice, but I did not write it down. 
But as soon as I saw that line translated, I could hear it perfectly in my head dubbed. I'm actually going to have to remember what the hell you're talking about there. Uh, I'll call it out when we get to it if I didn't write it down. I think I remember where it is. Okay. But yeah, so so that happens. Like you said, Haruko knocks one back and uh, knocks uh, Kitsurubame into the river. (laughs) Naota, meanwhile, gets hit by his friend's truck. (laughs) <laughs> and we learn yeah all three of the friends uh uh what the fuck is the girl's name Nina Mori Nina Mori N- Nina Mori and the two guy friends which are I don't really think their names are too really important. let's call them Toji and Kensuke oh my god I am not yeah, gonna up? do that but okay <laughs> that's an Evangelion thing yeah, so we, we learned that they work part-time for one of their dad's liquor stores as delivery people, but it's fine. They stayed to the back roads. Let's let 12-year-olds drive a liquor delivery truck. That's interesting. They didn't say that it was liquor in the in the English dub. Totally believe that. They totally left that shit out. They just said that nobody's going to catch them. They just drive along the side of the bank. Yeah, no, it is a liquor store. Like, I think even the side says, like, something liquors. That's interesting. I never picked up on that. Yeah, it, back when Fully Cooly came out, dubs were really shy about like adult stuff with kids around them. They um, they had to be kind of oh, really careful with this show. Yeah. <laughs> and Nina Mori, uh, she's like, oh, hey, what are those? Th- that's cool. She thinks Nauta's guns are cool. <laughs> Nauta gets real flustered. Uh, his friends start talking about the rumors about him. How he's the pilot in the of the robot fights. Did anybody else feel really uncomfortable how she was fucking with that popsicle in the back? Uh, I didn't feel uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, that's what you're doing, huh? I'm like, you, well, the reason I felt uncomfortable is like, again, I remembered these are sixth graders. Why the fuck is this girl in the back with a fucking popsicle doing this in front of three guys? Because that's how you eat it. Sometimes you just eat a popsicle that way, man. So I was going to say, I think she was trying to impress, um, what's his face? Nauto. Nauta. Or at least not impress, that's the wrong word. Yeah, trying to um, bring out an emotion. Really? Like, sure. Yeah, I mean, of. she was doing it behind his head, right? Mm, she's kind of like doing it during the whole she's, scene. Well, she's in the back, right? So the first two guys in the front can't see her, so only Nauto can see her. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that that does bring a good point. So my under, my kind of assumption on that one was like... She, I, I don't know. So her is interesting. So I, I have to skip ahead to to guide you guys along my thought process here. Hold on. If this is going to go to like the end of the Nina Mori thing, then maybe we stash this and come back. Uh, no, I'm is just, just gonna, going to episode no, 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 six. No, 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 kind of, but not really. So I just want to mention that. So her, everyone knows that line that she says, right? About the crying and whatever. Mm-hmm. You guys know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yep. So if we just kind of have the context of that, we don't know when that happened specifically, right? Correct. So if she's feeling more grown up because she's accepted herself or whatever, then and he's doing all the stuff that feels he's more grown up. She's, I kind of thought like, okay, maybe he's a possible suitor for me. So I'm going to like try to impose on him. Hey, look at this. Well, still, she's already been trying to do that based on the, the third episode with the whole forcing him to be puss. Yeah. And that's just another like way of like doing it. Okay, sure. Because they're okay. trying to be more grown up, you know what I mean? Less kid-like, more like, this is what grown-ups do, right? So watch. Okay, see, I think a thousand percent the opposite. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, we can do it now. Because you you, t- you had to call the exact scene I wanted to talk about Nina Mori. Well, no, I don't. I, that's all I wanted to say. 
Okay. I mean, we can just keep it in mind for now, I guess. Yeah, yeah and you can bring it up and be like, remember that? Da, da, da. No, yeah. Sure. But yeah, I, 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 hey, if that's your reading, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I, I very, very much disagree. Okay. And then you can change my mind later. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, the popsicle thing is weird because I, I really don't think it serves much of a purpose other than being just like another Halo. I, I think this show sometimes has too much, um, where a lot of the, or some of the stuff like doesn't actually have a purpose in, in the face of like all the deeper meanings that I think a lot of it really has. Like, like that popsicle thing is very, very clearly evoking a certain thing. But I just don't. I, I just don't think it does anything. Like it, the, we see what you're doing. I don't know how to say it. I think Anthony's. I think Anthony's kind of right with it. I think it. It is kind of playing more towards our character. But I. I do agree that it doesn't have any bearing on the greater story. Okay, so here's here's my argument against that. So when, I, but I have. I've been waiting to bring this up. So uh, what is her name? Meme. Nina Mori. Nina Mori. Oh, Mamimi. Mamimi. Uh, they also call her Sam- Samaje. Samajima. Samaji. That's her, right? Same person. That's her. That's her family her name. Her surname. Yeah, yeah. Her, her her surname is Samajima, but yeah, I, yeah. but people shortened to Samaji. So there's a scene after all the blue whatever, all that stuff, where she is. She mentions that he's growing up, right? Or there's implication that she thinks that. Yeah, that that now that plays on up. later in this episode. So we'll is actually that later on. Yeah, this episode. So you'll get there. Okay, because everything that okay, I'll bring that. I'll bring the scene back up again to reinforce. Yeah, I, that, that's why I'm kind of trying to like barrel into yeah, a way to really do right. it because I think all this works like so much better in big picture. Yeah, because I just think I, the the reason because obviously the, I feel like this whole episode like I can say this this whole episode is all about everyone seeing him growing up. It's about sure. them or there's seeing a lot him of differently. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's necessarily grown up, but it's differently, definitely. Yeah, and I think that is a great way to think about this series. I don't know about grown up, but different. Gotcha. All right, but we can continue. So we get back to there talking about the rumors, uh, now to Smiles, and get his head cocks again. Haruko shows up, and you know they, they banter a little more. Uh, Nina Mori finishes her popsicle, and I guess that means she won something. <laughs> I don't fully understand that. So sometimes I'm like some of the cheaper popsicles and, and they happen over there. As yeah, well. you can win prizes. The, there'll be prizes that like what? they'll be on the popsicle stick. So back in the day, like they'd have what? like codes on them or something that we go on the yeah. interwebs and type them in and get shit. Do you not know about this? I never won a prize for my popsicles. I think this was more like straight up like you won, you mail your popsicle in so they have your DNA now. What the Them. fuck? <laughs> Bro, I'll mail my DNA in if I win on a popsicle stick. Hell yeah, they already have it anyway. I'm sure. Uh, but as a prize, one of the friends gives her a water crystal. Uh, she looks at it and she says it's pretty. Uh, they drive away and they're still gossiping about Nauta. And Nina Mori is absolutely captivated by her water, water pistol. Oh, and the other thing you'll start to notice is they keep calling Mamimi Nauta's wife. <laughs> yes. The friends call her his wife. Nauta, or we go back to Nauta and Mamimi, and Nauta gets a drink. It's a pulpy drink. And Mimi says, like, oh, you like those now, huh? Weird. Haruko likes the, help, the pulpy drinks. Um, <laughs> Since when do they, you they, like drinking those? Mm. <laughs> they have a little bit of a talk, and 
at some point she drops line, oh, new Takun is amazing. And his head cocks again. Uh, we get a shot of Kitsurubami in the river. Conti shows up. <laughs> She's talking to Armoro still. And, and then she panics. And you can, it pans back over to Armoro. And you can hear her just like mumbling some shit in the fucking background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you hear him underneath the towel. Kitsurubami, Kitsurubami. Uh, yeah, meanwhile, Amuro is getting fucking water tortured by Haruko. <laughs> we can talk about what hair color you want. Do you want Auburn? Do you want Chestnut? Or would you like Furi Kuri? Uh, I do have a quick question. I had to step out for a second. So Yeah. Uh, Samiji, uh, you guys already talked about... Mamimi, you guys talked about her already? Uh, we are in the middle of talking. Well, yeah, sort of, yeah. What's up? So I heard Fully Kuri, and I feel like that's about to go into another... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What do you have about my movie? They keep flipping uh, scenes right now, like back and yeah. forth between okay. the two of them. So I, I just, yeah. So while we're kind of here on talking about her, I want to, do you guys think that this is the scene where she's like, is this where your hope comes from? No. Okay. Cause she's realizing, right, that he's growing up. This is where she's basically already made the realization and where she's just like, I don't like change. I don't like the changes I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. I'm losing okay. my. This is her spiral. I'm losing my grip on control. Okay, yeah, that's really all I had about Mamimi. Is like this is where I realized her spiral. So she asks um, Armoro whether he wants it fully kuri and she, he breaks out, and he has pistols drawn in both hands, and all of his security shows up and is standing behind him, all pointing guns no, at no, her. No, 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 no. <laughs> So he breaks out. They point guns at each other. Haruko mocks his appearance a bunch. <laughs> Mamimi shoots Nauta. We cut back to Mamimi and Nauta, and it's clear that she had shot him in the head with the airsoft gun. And she starts to... This is where she starts to like, talk about him growing up. And he go, he pulls his <laughs> hoodie clothes and goes full Kenny from South Park. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nauta starts to think that Mamimi is jealous and his head cocks again. Yeah, uh, then the gunfights happen, and then one of the I don't know why the shot is burned into my brain, but I fucking love this shot where it's just the still Amaro is the only time he's ever cool. <laughs> it's just a still shot of him, and then he like flicks his wrists, and all the guards file in from the sides. I could not let us get to that without talking about that shot. <laughs> yeah. It's so goddamn good. I think what one of the things that started was where she was making fun of him from being like a, or he was just like, I'm a man. And she's like, you're a child. And he says like, I'm mm-hmm. not a child anymore. I can buy my own insurance now. <laughs> I can buy my own insurance so and everything. Yeah. It's like, really? That's what you base your being an adult by is the fact that you're buying insurance. Kind of same though. Like, honestly, like that was a running joke. And among some like high school friends is like, we were talking about this one person's like girlfriend or whatever or boyfriend yeah or this one girl's boyfriend and we were like well what i guess what does he have you know why are they dating and stuff and my friend brought up well he's probably got a 401k and we all kind of thought about it and we're like fuck we're, we're about that right there right now right this is the next stage in life this is where we become adults see that's why i think amuro is so much more interesting watching it now because he is like weirdly, he still fucking sucks, and he's still like ultimately not. Uh, again, he's a failed Nauta, really. But he's almost relatable in a way where he's like, oh, "I'm an adult. I have insurance." 
Dude, yeah. And he has awesome eyebrows. But still, that's that's what that's where the the, the relate like that's where his character doesn't make sense because you see so many scenes later on where he's just like entirely riding on his emotions and it's just like you're not mm-hmm. acting like an adult. You're just grasping at things and saying you're an adult. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Amuro so desperately wants to be that adult, but maybe like many other characters in the show, he has a misconception of what that is. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so the reinforcements come in. They have a bit of uh, Atomisk talk. Uh, oh, no, no, he, he name drops Atomisk and Haruko gets pissed and has like a fucking desperado guitar gun fight scene which by the way makes me want to watch desperado by the way i really wish i had one of those guitars it's a fucking good bass it's a chainsaw it's a shotgun (laughs) (laughs) and i'll become a cool alien now you can have whatever you want uh we cut back to nauta leading mamimi somewhere we cut over to conti offering kitsurubame a hand in the river uh, there, there. Uh, Naruto brings Mamimi to a cafe and tries to kiss her, and Mamimi pulls away. That was another one of the. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was another one of the 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 cocking back moments where he goes try to get the kiss, but she yep. pulls. Well, it's when she pulls away that his head cocks. Well, I think that's when it fires. It has another cocking moment when he goes to try to go in for the kiss. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. So, like the the cock essentially triggers him to act cocky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, but before he tries to kiss, sorry, that, that was my mistake, um, she starts to talk about him liking Haruko, and they have that brief conversation of, she's like, basically, it's, you totally like her. And he's like, no, I don't. And they do that for a little bit. And then he tries to kiss her. And let me turn my page. <laughs> and she, she pulls away from the kiss, and he gets pissed and is like, wait, don't you like me too? And Mamimi has a face that is very clear, like, oh boy. What have I done? And that's when he fires. Mm. His head goes off. Uh, so question right before we get into him firing and stuff. Yes. So you say it's like kind of a what have I done face? I don't think so. Well, I, okay. I think it kind of is like a what have I done face or what have I, what kind of monster have I created? I, I, I think I, okay. So I like half agree with the sentiments. I, I think for me, it's more of a face of her realizing that no, I don't actually feel that way about you. Okay. So that's really, I have, did she realize like at that moment that she doesn't like really like him? Or, I think she always knew and like was always just toying with him. And now that he's taking the initiative, it's different. Yes. Okay. That leads into my other like point on this question. The or is, does she also realize like it's not now it's no longer fun for her to like just toy him with him? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I don't think, you know, to be fair, I don't think she was ever like, you know, leading him along just to manipulate him. It was always like a codependency thing. But now that it's becoming serious from his side, I think it's becoming more real for her. And she's realizing that she doesn't have those feelings for him and is fucked up. Well, and the other thing is, I'll keep beating this dead horse home. It's To me, it's that she lost control. She lost control on the situation. She lost control when, when the brother moved away. Now she's losing control on him. And then my last or two kind of also leads into this is... 
or do you think it's more of she's changed he's changed enough to where like he doesn't remind her of her brother or of his brother anymore uh i mean i guess you could say that but i don't think there's any evidence to support it gotcha also we don't know how the brother actually acted that, yeah no, yeah that's, that's what he's saying yeah yeah okay because those are my three like like kind of questions when i was watching the scene like what do you guys think about this but like i said we've discussed a whole lot of it sure uh so now to fires giant monster haruko and amuro uh keep bickering for a while <laughs> and then haruko furikuri furikuraz him <laughs> pulls a tiny little guitar out of his forehead at the point it isn't even a guitar it's just a little triangle a fleshy triangle yeah, it's kind of shaped like a guitar <laughs> It's just in the shape of a fleshy guitar. She goes, Takum's a lot, man. You're pion. Pion. Mm-hmm. Um, so Haruko <laughs> goes and attacks the monster. Uh, Battle Bunny Haruko on her flying guitar. Um, meanwhile, Nauta... This is a reference to Riven hey, from yes. League of Legends. I'm not sure about timing on that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a reference from me. <laughs> Uh, Mamimi and Nauta are on top of the monster and Mamimi is like cowering in the corner and is pleading for Tasku to come save her. And Nauta gets pissed about this, calls for Conti, yells, you know, he's like, hey, don't call me Takun. I'm the one. It's, don't call me Takun ever again. Why are you calling for my brother? I'm the one saving you. Yeah. Why are you calling for my brother? I'm the one that's going to save you. Uh, he fuses with Conti. At some point during this fight, uh, there's a shot that which, uh, lands in a billboard. Which I would also like to point out when he gets eaten. It's really kind of a comical situation, even though it's really serious, because he's sitting there like looking at her all pissed. And then when you see him get eaten by Conti, it's just like, how are you looking tough getting eaten by a fucking robot? <laughs> I think you can make it work. Uh, Haruko gets shot down, but is recovered by Conti. <laughs> she punches Conti in the head, so he'll shoot his cannon. He transforms into the cannon and shoots. Yep. Uh, at which point the monster drops Mamimi. Doesn't it miss? Into, or no, he, he catches Mom, the Conti catches Mamimi and drops her into the friend's truck. The bullet returns into the barrel of Conti. He shoots again. Haruko gets shot down again, and Conti catches her and goes red. He pulls out a guitar out of his face, and they're like, <gasps> That's Adamus' guitar. Um, be careful with that. He he went red when he ate uh, Naoto. It's always whenever he eats Naoto is when he turns red. So he was already red, but he, the... I don't think he was Yeah, He was. And then his face just like starts shooting out a beam, and that's when the he pulls the guitar out of his face. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it, that's just my shitty note-taking style. His face goes red. Because his face is normally orange, but basically that red beam gets shot out of his face. Yeah, his face goes red, and then he pulls out uh, what we learn is Adamus' guitar. He goes and smashes the monster. Uh, the fight resolves. He hits, the bullet falls. He hits it twice. Can we talk about the fact that the monster has a um, has an awesome shotgun, the Terminator shotgun? Fucking love that shotgun. Sure. Lever-action <laughs> shotgun. I was going to say that right now. The what? Lever-action shotgun? Yep, the lever-action shotgun, also known in uh, MW2 as the, was it 1887 shotgun. 1987? Fuck, I don't know what's it called. Oh, but you I don't, know what I'm I don't think about. that's... Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's the actual shotgun shotgun, though, is it? Yeah, it is. It is. 
But uh, it, I actually Tol- really Tolmanado liked. Had it. I really liked this this uh robot because this one was just a fucking giant hand with hands on each of its fingertips, which if you think about it is really, really fucking creepy looking. <laughs> also with the general like shootout or uh yeah, the general like shootout theme of this episode, there are a lot of times where it looks like uh someone wearing a poncho. Yeah. Yep. Gotta love the wide wide West vibes. Yeah. Western vibes, but Anthony was saying. After the fight resolves we go over to where everyone's hanging out by the billboard. The bullet falls Anyways, out. Wait what? a second. So the pirate king, the pirate king, got pulled out, didn't he? Not yet. No. Like, no. Okay. I thought he got pulled out. So essentially, now once I got shot out the second time, then the um, the guitar got pulled out. And um, if you really want to think about it this way, um, Conti is just still using his residual link to. Um, Atomisk. Atomisk to continue the fight until the fight's done. Yeah. Did we actually talk oh, okay. about the gunfight that happened in the barbershop? Because we talked about them standing off, but I don't know if we actually talked about the gunfight. Uh, not not in like detail. We I we just kind of if you have something specific you want to call it, go for it. Talking about action scenes can be difficult. True, but I just want to talk about like one particular like set of frames that comes out of there. The fact that they have like five FBI agents essentially come out of the fucking vent in the ceiling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty good. How the fuck did they all fit in there? <laughs> Fully coolly. <laughs> Fully coolly. Yeah, it's probably right, honestly. She just fucking pulls the Matrix, except for she's moving and fast forward. They're all moving slow motion to dodge all the bullets. It's fucking great. I love that scene. Yeah, the the action scenes in this still hold up. But yeah, we learned that the bullet is... Well, okay, the bullet falls out. (laughs) Nina Mori shoots it with her water gun. And we see that the bullet then morphs into Nauta, which is fucking perfect. Because this whole episode was about his ego starting to run away oh, and he wasn't the one who won the fight he was the goddamn bullet <laughs> he oh, was the fucking really cool. ammunition yep knocked him down a peg and then everybody sees Hell him yeah everybody sees him as not as piloting the robot which was what was said earlier mm-hmm. yeah and then haruko stands on top of him and looks in admiration at conti's face and we learn that she thinks she's looking at Adamisk. Standing on him with fucking high heels. Mm-hmm. Episode five good? Yeah. I think so. Episode six. FL Climax, our season technically series finale. We open. We're learning to use chopsticks in school. <laughs> And the teacher is real bad at it. I actually in <laughs> Japanese school. I actually think uh, yeah. I made a I made a good realization on why she is part of the way she is. Because because she's a goddamn millennial. No, because she's a um, <laughs> she's a foreign exchange teacher. American. Oh, is she? I think so because it catches her later on driving a foreign car. Hmm. The the Volkswagen that she ends up with. Interesting. Hmm. And in Japan, they do have a pretty um, extensive foreign exchange program for teachers. Yeah, especially when it comes to teaching English as a second language. Yeah, yeah. so I do think that that might be part of it. Like, that's their homeroom class, and she's just kind of trying to come up with shit. 
Although, I mean, maybe. Although, from my experience with anime, uh, they love their incompetent young female teachers. I mean, that could also be part of it. I have to go with Owens or not. There's no reason for she for to be teacher do chopsticks. Um, but I love the teacher. She's great. <laughs> uh, the the Nauta's friends are having a conversation about sporks, and one of them's like, "I like sporks," and then Nina Moore's yeah. like, "Yeah, I like I like the sporks too." Which fuck yeah, Nina Moore, you like sporks? <laughs> well, 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 listen. I just have to keep calling out Nina Moore because we're gonna circle back on her. Okay. All right. Oh my god. If she's important. She's. I think she's very, very, very important to understanding this show. Oh god. Okay. I think you put way too much emphasis I think, on I Nina think we, Moore. Yeah, I think we're just confused about like the fuck yeah sporks. Yeah, man, because I was, I don't know. This is just kind of, it reinforces my point. Okay. Uh, Nauta walks out and they're like, yeah, he's going to get sporks. You fucking morons. No, he's not. Uh, the town, we learned the town has been covered in mist. That hand that they defeated has just been hanging out there over by the the iron. We learned that Haruko and Conti have vanished. Which I think is why he's really depressed. That's a bold claim. I would love evidence to support that. <laughs> I would fully agree with that statement, Anthony. Gotta read between the lines, man. Oh, shit. That's, you're so deep and smart. <laughs> um, we At this point, they explicitly say that the building is an iron. Um, and this is where Kitsurubami talks about, uh, oh, they want to iron out the wrinkles like at a human brain. That's not Kitsurubami. Oh, you're right. It's not. Sorry. I'm trying to. I have so many fucking notes. I'm trying to blast through them. But yeah, that, no, she does. Is that not her? No, that's um, Amaro. Amaro says that? Okay. Kitsurabami doesn't really give out a whole lot of information in this show. She's just kind of another one of those background characters that fill in like another like role, essentially. I thought this was more of a back and forth, but either way, uh, they have that conversation and Kitsurabami drinks from the water bottle. The Kool-Aid from Amaro, man. Which, hey, remember when I said that thing about the first episode about drinking from the same drink as someone else? Yep. And she freaks the fuck out <laughs> and has a bad time because she just drank from Amaro's water bottle and this dude sucks. She ends up puking. Uh, we see Mamimi looking for Nauta. She gets splashed by a Vespa and looks very unhappy. Which this Nauta, I believe, is talking about the cat. Huh? I believe this Nauta, that when she's looking, she's looking for the cat. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because she doesn't give really flying two fucks about real Nauta now. Uh, the, all the friends see Mamimi and Nauta just, like, pieces out. And everyone's like, hey, you're gonna go see your wife? <laughs> Yeah, they just started calling everyone wives this episode, right? Or is that... Uh, just Mamimi. Uh, just... I thought he talked about Haru, too. Yeah, his other... his The Kiss Kiss wife. Yep. Yeah, because he's like the other wife. And then it's like she's the second oh, okay. wife. And like... Hmm. Fuck these kids. <laughs> uh, then this little fun robot little friend crawls out from under the bridge. And Mamimi sidles over to it real casual. Yeah, real casual. <laughs> I love the fact that they they went with like a couple different forms of anime, like just crouching over to it. The just the slight shuffle, the full anime, like raise the knee all the way up to the the yep. shoulder height and, uh-huh. and step over. And then the actual how it should look when she turns and and sits down next to it. I enjoyed yeah. that scene. The robot starts going crazy, and she's like, "You're an energetic one, huh?" <laughs> Almost like fuck <laughs> off. 
we get a scene of Nauta and Amaro in the construction yard. Nauta is drinking a bitter coffee. Uh, and we see Takun with a female cat having a good time. Not like in a weird way, but just like chilling out, vibing. Amaro comments on uh, Nauta's drink and says some bullshit and then eventually gives him a pair of eyebrows. Says you should t- you should try the sweet ones. They your your brain needs more electrolytes. Oh, in the in the sub, it, it it's a it's a specific thing with like oh you your brain needs um I forget which chemical it is. It's not like serotonin, but so basically your brain needs to be happy. And sweet stuff makes you happy. The is what he says. The dove actually screwed that up a little bit then because they say it says your brain needs more electrolytes. You should try the sweet ones. Mm-hmm. Huh. They did fuck that up. The more you know. <laughs> Oh, he also he also makes a comment of uh, dude. Actually, so this is where Mamro's like, okay, Amaro, you have some good points, my man. First, he says cats should play with other cats, which yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, hey man, that high school girl looked lonely. The mature thing to do would be to show her some kindness. But I'm not sure that you can. He said make some like offhanded backhand comment about like, I'm not sure that you're mature enough to do that right now. Does he? I don't remember that. He does in the dub. He, it's it's really kind of an odd statement for him to make. Uh, yeah, I wonder if the dub makes him shittier than he is. <laughs> wow. Also, I, I had this note right beforehand. I think it was a scene, a couple scenes before, but I want to mention this. Uh, this anime does so fucking much with just like the literal animation and music that it's insane. Mm-hmm. It's so yes. fucking well done. I just mm-hmm. want like, it shows, talk, but doesn't tell. It's so good. Like, I I just want to. I feel like I need that on the record. It's so fucking good. No, this is one of those. Um, this is one of my favorite like um, animation styles. Is when they show like a bunch of stuff instead of like actually telling you something. Is because they're not afraid to like animate what is happening. Well, and the other thing I like love that. about the animation is just they time it so well with the music. So like something could be happening. And like mm-hmm. when the sound gets more intense is when the intense things are exactly starting on screen. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the, sh- the show is just, I said it in the first episode. I think the show might be genius. <laughs> like masterfully written, masterfully crafted. Uh, where? Oh, okay. They, he tells, Amaro then tells Nauta more about Adamisk uh, and basically punctuates it with Oh, he, he tells him the whole story of Adamus. Like, oh, he's a, the space pirate king and uh, medical Pacetica's got him captured. It starts to uh, give a little bit more information about how the ability works of NO mm-hmm. and how you have to have the right and left brain. Like, it, they have to be in balance in order for essentially something to be able to be pulled through. He starts to give information about it, like it, but it just kind of does. Does it, the dub say right and left brain? Mm-hmm. Okay, because correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the sub like is that explicit. I would like to correct you because it's my favorite thing to do, but I cannot. I I, I was so fucking like scramble brained writing all this shit down and like thinking about it while I'm writing it down. I'm like, what the fuck is going? On? I did not specifically hear left or right brain, but it's not to say that they, was, there's not like another analogy that they used. It wasn't my, in this episode. It was actually in the last one that they actually did say the halves of the brain st- or something to I that effect. I still don't think they actually explicitly say in the show 
or in the sub. It's possible, and I just missed it. That's why I was asking for a correction. Well, and the other um, thing is, is like way. you were saying, the dub could have stepped in and went, here, we're going to make this a little bit more... Um, make Accessible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's why I was curious. But yeah, he, he explains all that, and then he punctuates it with saying, uh, oh, by the way, Haruko is in love with Adamisk. We cut back over to Mamimi. The robot steals her phone as she's looking at Tasku's number. She stops him and then is like, you know what? Fuck it. Just eat it. Uh, he eats it. It grows. <laughs> 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 and she's like, but you have to be Taku now. I just, I love the fact that like she has this moment, right? Like, just do, just eat it. It's fine. Like, let's, let's move on kind of thing. And then, mm-hmm. and then she was like, I, you know, and then it it like becomes something. It, it like literally grows, and she's like, "I, you're Takun." <laughs> That's yeah. just how she so just fucking... names everything Takun. Well, not even that. Just like it's like a, such a cool little moment that's so so quickly taken into like a LOL moment. You know what I mean? Well, the other thing is that she ends up lighting another one of those cigarettes that says "Never Knows Best." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a quick scene of Nauta. Sadly, twanging guitar on his bed. I would also like to make a note before we get away from the Mamimi thing that the same thing that keeps happening to Mamimi, like you just notice the same shit always seems to repetitively happen. Naota, the cat. What do we think is going to happen here? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. you're right. Uh, then we got another manga scene. <laughs> I really enjoyed this one. <laughs> This one's yeah, even better than the good. first one. And they full fucking break fourth wall to the point where like, we did a, we have to, st-, the end of it, they're like, we have to stop eating a manga now because people think it's lazy, but actually it takes so much more work and effort. And then and the studio's like, you guys can't do that anymore because it's too hard. <laughs> but I would like to say, but everyone calls an, us lazy anyway. I would like to take a note when you see Naoto walking down the stairs right before it pants them, it, looking outside the bakery, you do see the bike parked out front. So you do know that oh, she's okay. there if you're paying attention. Interesting. But yeah, she's back. Yeah, does it does anyone have anything to say about the content of the manga scene? Cuz I'm just going to blow past it if we don't. <laughs> it's, it basically it basically just starts at, towards the end of it almost shows <laughs> the dad just fucking jacking it. Yeah. <laughs> but they get lazy with the drawings so it's the kind of leverage up to interpretation. <laughs> but it's fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah. But I do love I, I do love how like the first like three or four flame frames are them just directly being lazy and reusing the exact same frames from the first. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, even the shot of him walking down the stairs with the cat in the doorway is basically the exact same thing. And I don't think it's lazy. I think it's intentional. Oh, I do too. But still, it's it's great. Yeah. And at the end is the, the end of this is also where we get the what does uh, fully coolie mean? And it doesn't matter, which we already talked about. <laughs> yep. Uh, then Haruko attacks Nauta again. Misses once, <laughs> but then hits him on the backswing. Yeah. Uh, then we get up to them uh, talking in their bed. Or Nauta is just like talking in his bed. Nope. He's like, hey, are you asleep? You're skipping just a little bit. You skip the scene where he's in the in the shower just sitting there kind of pissed off as he's washing himself. And you see that he's got another bandage on his forehead. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, then he's talking in his bed to himself. He's like, are you asleep? No, why'd you come back? What are you? Where, where, are, you, where are you really from? Uh, then she reveals that she's been awake this whole time. 
he gets embarrassed. <laughs> Were you going to com- <laughs> confess your love for me? <laughs> yeah. She fucks with him a little. And then she tells him like, yeah, I came back. Or he asks why she came back. He's like, hey, you're the only head that works. <laughs> and uh, Haruko offers to take him with her. Tells him he's still a kid. Yes, sir. Which we'll talk about that later, I think. <laughs> uh, I have a question for you guys then. Yeah. Yeah. So this is me asking and also cueing, if that makes sense. I would. Yep. I would like you. I would like you to bring up Thank that you. statement from before as well, before you forget where you were asking, um, where you were saying he felt or he looked like he was depressed. Yeah. Wait, from right here. Because I think I think this section right here shows that he was depressed in that first scene. Oh where yeah. Said he yeah. went out for sports because she. You can tell how much he actually missed her. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, kind of, you can stretch that into this point. Um, so, do we know anything about the brother? No. Not really. We know he's he plays baseball, he's in America, he has a blonde girlfriend. Okay, so do you think this would be a stretch, and I'm just grasping at straws here when I say that his dad is a shit show. Yep. His grandpa is less of a shit show, but it seems like he still only has like one or two things on his mind at a time, right? Uh-huh. Do you think his brother was his emotional support? Yeah. Uh, um, or, or at the very least, his brother was someone that seemed better that he and that he had like a, a strong connection with. I would I would go as far as to say that because of everybody else in his life, mm-hmm. his brother was his idol and his only semblance of rational thought in his life. Okay, yeah, that's kind of what I was kind of getting along the lines yeah. to. Maybe not that specifically, but because you're you're left to assume that the mother died sometime before the, the series began. The fucking dad has lost his journalism job and is running the bakery down store while also trying to get his own publication, basically shit smut magazine going. And yeah. You've got Grandpa who's retired and just basically living off the family, which is fairly standard. Baseball, practice. baseball, baseball, too. Like he has his own fucking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, and and that think about all the other characters too. Like they're they've all been abandoned by somebody. Yeah, well, so so yeah, we think. So what I'm trying to do is tie this into like with this line. You know, you're still a kid. You're no, you're still a kid. You know, you're just a kid. Yeah. Well, how? Yeah, however, the specific it's it's still implying that you know it. Do you think that he sees her as a replacement for her brother in terms of emotional support? I think it's gotten there. I think there is definitely some of that. Yes, I I I, I mean, <laughs> pretty clearly later there's something else, but I, I definitely think that that's a part of it. I mean, he she sleeps on his bunk and plays baseball, mm-hmm. so. And that's kind of, this is where I, being a first time watcher, spotted that idea is like, like, this is where she kind of realized, like, this is, uh, she steps up. I don't specifically know why you guys might have more on that, but she steps up in like a, this is like, my biggest theme is that right there, right? Is like, you're still a kid. You don't have to be an adult. What you think of an adult, it may not be true. Yeah. Do you think that's what Haruka Haruko is saying here? It's to me it's, in this scene, not not you. I know you have an answer to this. <laughs> I But I want to know what Anthony well, thinks. she said it right after like uh this was right after um 
she asked if he wanted to go with her, right? Uh-huh. And and then I, I don't remember his response, but then she was just like, you're still a kid or you're just a kid or whatever, you know? I don't think he does respond. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. He responds by shoving his face into her chest while crying and asking, where did you go? Yeah, and then, like, he says that, yeah, so, like, this was a very, like, because I remember that happening where they're, they're just, like, cuddling and, like, and it's not weird at all. They're or not cuddling, sorry. They're embracing, and it's not weird at all, and it seems like this is, like, the emotional moment that, and then, like, she says, you're a kid, and, like, that's kind of, yeah, I think. Interesting. I think that's a huge fucking thing in this scene. No, I, I don't think you're wrong, but uh, it's interesting that you took that here. Let me break it down a little bit more for you as well, because if you watch the scene closer, mm-hmm. so she says, you don't, she says, you could go with me. You're just a kid. And that was kind of his cue to be able to go back to, you know, acting his age, acting what's normal for his age, not having to be so serious. Then when he like shows, he show he shows his vulnerable side to her you can see her kind of like start to put one arm around him to comfort him, to act like that, um, um, that big bugger replacement figure. But you also see her look off into the distance, going kind of with this like look on her face of, Oh shit, what did I do? Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, that could be her whole thing is manipulating him, but I I'm, I'm really talking in terms of him. Like this is his, emotional replacement it's his like reckoning i feel like up until like episode five seemed to me like everyone was like you're growing up you're growing up you're growing up you're growing up and then like episode six this scene right here is like man you're still a kid and you know that right no 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 i have to stop you there i would actually have to agree with them i agree mostly there is a character constantly trying to keep Nauta in his place. And it's Nina Mori. She's constantly ragging on him. Like, constantly... Especially in the episode almost devoted to her, like, trying to serve as that reminder that, like, yo, I'm the same fucking age as you. We're in the same goddamn class. We're still fucking kids. Yeah, well, but like... Orange, I would like to actually step in here and tell you, or like talk to you about this, because honestly, I feel like after that episode, she stops really playing an active role to them. I mean, don't get me wrong. She still has that... She still has that that. childhood... She still has that childhood crush, but she's kind of just like trying to tease him almost as a way of flirting. Um, because I agree until the last part. Because, well, no, I mean, she already has shown that she wants Naoto's attention. She wants to be, um, in a right. But the, but the last interaction with him that she has up to this point is when she, for the first time, tells him that he looks cool. When she, when he looks cool. Uh, it's with it's in the gun episode. No, her last interactions where she's shooting the pistol at him when he's in the fucking ball after he got oh, shot yeah, out of the right. cannon. But that, that's not a real interaction. Well, it's a realization that she realizes he doesn't look quite as cool as what she said before, but that I would say that it still has more to do with her just kind of more or less flirting with him. Sure. But I mean, my point is, I, I think Nina Mori is an extremely good grounding agent for this series and should have been for Nauta. And by the end, I think is. And he ignores it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's on that's 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 not on like, I think that's a 
So in that scene, not the shooting scene, but the last like referencing scene, right, where she's like, you're cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that kind of helps the point of like, it's more people like saying like, hey, you're growing up, you're becoming different, you're becoming this. And then literally Haru grounds him right here from what she said. Yeah. Uh, sure. I mean, the one thing I'll take is a little bit of syntax here. I don't know how it is in the dub, but we've been saying just like she says, you're still a kid. And I think the connotations of still and just can, like, be a world of difference. I think they're pretty much the same, in my opinion. If that's where you're getting a lot of your points from, I could see that. No, 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 it's not, but that's just, like, a minor thing I wanted to bring up. But also, kind of to Matt's point, when Nauta goes in for the cry hug, like, we see Haruko's face, and it's... I think very readable as like a detached, like she doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, and I completely agree. I think she's completely detached. I'm, I'm focusing more on Naoto's uh, point of view. I don't even think that she's necessarily like completely detached, but she, it almost looks like to me, and this is just my opinion, it almost looks like a feeling, like a look of like almost like guilt, like a what have I done kind of look. Oh, like to him over the series kind of thing? Like I've broken him. Yeah, she keeps looking away like, I'm just using him. What am I doing to this little kid? I don't think, yeah, I, I don't agree with that here at all. I could see it. I don't know if it's true, though. I, yeah, I could see it, but. She keeps having these moments throughout, like, the whole series where she'll just, like, kind of have these little moments, like, where she's proud of him, but she won't show that to him. I think those are even still, like, call, you can kind of call those into question. I think we'll, we'll talk about Haruko. To, 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 I guess, wrap up how I feel about your question, though, Anthony, I think Haruko is the, for whatever reason, Nauta feels like he can be, or no, no, not, not even that he feels like he can be a certain way with her. He, he by now, has had a realization, right? And, and this is all just going to come to a head, that he feels a certain way about Haruko, and that's what's important to him. So the facade of being mature, the facade of being stoic and uncaring none of that matters anymore does that make sense uh at this point yes i can give you that i just don't necessarily think that it's not um somewhat reciprocated especially with the later events in this episode oh yeah totally i I think it is somewhat reciprocated in this scene i don't think so but in the whole i think yes Totally. I think in this scene it is personally just because, like I said, I, I get the the vibe of, like, what am I doing to this little kid? Sure. But just for the sake of moving, uh, we revisit our first monologue of blah, 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 nothing happens, but Haruko is here. And that's how I know that there's the world outside. Like, he, he's leaning into the fact that he feels a certain way about Haruko. Mamimi is feeding Takun. Uh, Haruko and Nauta are riding away. Uh, we don't hear them, but they're clearly having a merry chat. Which can we can we talk about how Mamimi is feeding the fucking <laughs> feeding talking <laughs> with these fucking devil red eyes? <laughs> I love it. God damn that it was creepy and jarring the first time I saw it. And she's feeding him with uh, cell phones that she stole from kids at school. Yeah, initially, initially, yeah. And then she says, "Oh." You need bigger food. These aren't enough anymore. He's got her fucking hit list. God damn. <laughs> um, we learned that Nauta has been missing for a while. Uh, and 
if this, if this is where we want to wrap, this is where we need to wrap Nina Mori, I think. Because we get the gym class scene. Nina Mori is talking to her friends and she's she basically just says like, yeah, you know, I went and <laughs> talked to my parents and cried a bunch. I cried, dude, my parents. And then she runs yeah. off and sets a record on the jump at the class. And then in like, <laughs> yeah, the fucking most punch you in the face metaphor in this entire series, she literally jumps a hurdle. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's good. I just that's so. Good. I just don't necessarily see it as being. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it is pertinent, but it's not as important as I think you're leading it to be. What? Don't get me wrong. It is kind of showing like the difference in character development versus her versus Naoto, where Naoto is essentially taking and deviating from the the order that was in his life or what he wanted to be mature versus going in the route of, ne- of her just accepting her feelings and rolling with it. He's just fucking going, okay, fuck order. I'm going to go straight with my feelings now. So here here's where we differ. Um, because I think you're right. I think this show is 100% about balance. But I think it's about a balance of the adult and the child. And how, no matter how old, no matter how much, how mature you get or whatever, the child never truly goes away. And Nina Mori after episode three or before episode three, she was very much paralleling Nauta and everyone else in the series where they were clinging to something so hard that they were stuck on like a certain line. And and we'll get more specific with that on other characters later, but. Nina Mori was her parents were starting to uh, break up, so she tried to act mature and uncaring like Nauta was. She started to emulate who she saw as mo- more mature people, which, funnily enough, turned out to be the mistress that was breaking up her family. But after she came to the realization that that was not the correct path, she did like the Puss in Boots play. She got her parents to come to it. She talked to them. She cried a bunch. She just let her feelings out there she became okay with being a kid. Like we go back to brittle bullet. She loves her dinky little water pistol. It it barely shoots. It's cheap, but to her it's pretty. See to me, and don't get me wrong. I, I see where you're coming at that. I'm not like blind to it, but it's just, to me, it just seems like more or less. She doesn't necessarily change who she is. She just more comes into an acceptance of reality and just dealing and learning how to deal with it in a more healthy manner. Not necessarily balance of kid and adult, but more balance in my eyes of logical versus emotional and how you should how you should deal with how you should deal with them rather than, I think we're talking basically two sides of the same coin is our discussion Mm -hmm. here, but it's just like we're differing ever so slightly on how we're seeing it it shaped. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, I got to take. Yeah, go. Uh, so this was a really interesting scene and I liked it a lot. I really liked Nina, uh, Nina Mori. I like her character like a bunch. Um, I truly, I would, I would be jumping on your your side and everything you say if she would have gotten more screen time in general. So, here's my answer to that, Anthony. You would be on orange yes. this side if you read the manga. 
Oh, interesting. She has a more prevalent role in the manga. Interesting. Than she does okay. In the anime. I haven't read the manga for what it's okay. worth. I have. She actually keeps her robot for a little longer. And 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 I think you guys are already going where or seeing where I'm going with this, but like, because they've given so much screen time to uh, uh, Mamimi, and so much screen mm-hmm. time to obviously Har- uh, Haru, and Haruko. He, I, I, I'm just gonna abbreviate. <laughs> and uh, like the the amount of screen time like they're given, like it's, I I don't think this was their complete intention, but I feel like they had 23 minutes and they felt other things were more important, which I understand. You have time constraints and stuff. But they, um, they just kind of like her. I think I feel like her line was literally, uh, "Yeah, I talked to my parents. I gave her my feelings. I cried and stuff." And like, yep. I mean, and yeah, it's very, more or less. And like reading into that, like, like I guess it is kind of weird because the manga, you know, everything's kind of based on that. No, no, no. This was an anime first. Oh, interesting. Okay. No, remember Orange? They came out at the same time. Oh, they came oh. out like <laughs> fucking simultaneously. Yeah, I think we talked about that. Yeah, it was really odd. That's kind of weird. That's kind of cool and weird, but, uh, but yeah, it like, it was, it was literally like her and that's kind of her style too. So I, I like, that's why I tried to focus a little bit on it, but I feel like with her screen time and stuff, it just, they didn't feel like it was as prevalent to put, to make her the grounding of him so much, just her responsibility as a character. Right. And, but see, here's why I think her character arc is that because she escapes it. Everyone, like I said, everyone else is caught in their own thing, including Nauta and up to this last episode. But after episode three, well, do you three, think everything out. else is out too? Not after episode three, but at the end of the at the end of the series, uh, I think Nauta gets out, and Mamimi maybe probably, but that's it. I think Mamimi does. I don't even think that Nina Mori does. Based off, of I mean, that's thing. like what two and a half of the four characters, though. So that's the majority, right? I would say Nina Mori actually still falls into the same issue at the end because you can see her basically taking the spot of Mamimi at the end. Um, I, I, I read that, I, I read that a little bit we'll differently. About that. If this is her last thing um, you're talking about. I, I totally think, yeah, I, I totally think Nina Mori, like I said, serves to uh, show what it looks like when someone escapes that mentality of trying to be someone that you're not. After episode three, she just falls comfortably into who she is. She gives herself over to her feelings and she just takes life as it comes and whatever. I mean, we'll we'll see it a little later. She obviously has feelings for Nauta and she sees um, them on the bench and she just kind of looks and is like, Orange, remind me of this later because I actually hard disagree based on the last scene, but we'll get there. All right, let's, let's jump through. Let's jump through. Sure. Haruko and Nauta are at the rest stop. Um, they bought ramen bowls. Haruko bought a jumbo size shitty one, <laughs> and she hates it. So she wants to trade. He he he's scolding her, saying you can't always buy the big ones because you got to get the ones with that are less quantity but better quality. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, and she's like, yeah, fuck it. She goes, <laughs> no. No, he said uh, name brand. He did specifically say name brand. Yeah, yeah and, and then he also says like, and she for, basically forces him to trade, and he's like, you know, bad things are gonna happen to you if you keep doing stuff like this. If you keep being selfish, and she's like, yeah, whatever, that's fine. Sometimes when you get bad tasting food, it can be fun too. And it's just like that's mm-hmm. an odd statement, but okay. You know, I agree with Haruko here, even though she's being a little shit. <laughs> Eating bad ramen can be fun. No. Dude, uh, it's an experience. Eating bad food can be fun. 
like how many memories like if how many memories do you have of just eating shit fucking food and then like that being a story later on very few but i totally understand that it is one we talked about nina mori finding them uh mamimi is going on a takun rampage <laughs> eating everyone's scooters no, not everyone. Just the ones that have done her wrong. Like the one that ran over the puddle next to her and soaked her. Yeah, which I had in my notes, but I guess I missed. Oh, no, I mentioned that. Never mind. Um, and then runs into Nauta's friends. And Takut attacks. And she's like, no, wait, I have no problem with them. And it eats their truck. Is that actually what happens next? The delivery truck. Yep. Yeah. yep. Or or, the, or one of them is like, Hey, look, it's the wife he dumped or whatever. Yeah, it's they immediately start making fun of her, and then he attacks. Yeah. Because it's the dumped wife. And yeah. then it cuts to the... Te- <laughs> the parent-teacher meeting. Yeah, the parent-teacher conference. The teacher at the house, she's like, you know, skipping school is bad. And he's like, you know, back in third or fourth grade, <laughs> he talks about his own school skipping experience. No, he doesn't talk about his school skipping experience. He talks about how he killed the class hamster. Oh yeah, right. Because yep, well, because he true. came back when he was still sick, and the hamster got sick. So missing school is at all bad. And she's like, "No, you fucking asshole! I'm talking about your child." <laughs> I just love how he just totally forgets about fucking Nauta and just starts talking about he killed a fucking hamster. It's like, what the yeah. fuck, man? Come on. Uh, Amaro and Kitsurubami run into Takun. <laughs> uh. Conti is hanging out as a crossing guard. Yeah, what? <laughs> he's he's in this uh, green outfit with the crossing guard flag. Uh, I'm just saying, you guys, at the beginning of these episodes, these two characters are wanted criminals. And the fact that the robot is a crossing guard <laughs> is like the stupidest thing ever. Well, I don't know how you can tell him apart from other people. Like, he blunts him pretty well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, there's another robot industry. He's just a head with a television screen. Fully coolie. Yeah, it's fully coolie. He fuses with Takun, which we learn is the terminal core. Immediately destroys the teacher's car. <laughs> not she's my not BW. happy about. <laughs> I got way I got way too much pleasure out of that. Not destroying her car once, but twice. Oh, hold on. I, I have to click over to my Spotify real quick before I continue talking about the scene. But it <laughs> it doesn't grab Armoro as well. No, so, yeah, so it actually goes for Kitsurubame, but Amuro throws her back and kind of protects her. And we get Nauta and Haruko racing toward the scene, and fucking Last Dinosaur kicks in. Last Dinosaur fucking jams, dude! He's sitting on top of the hand, staring at the core and saying it's waiting on something, and then they're flying towards the hand. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so so then we basically get them launched towards it. Amuro shoots them out of the sky. Amuro then confronts Nauta and again makes some good fucking points. He's like, dude, none of this is good. This all sucks. She's manipulating you. Like, what are you doing? And Nauta chooses Haruko. And she embraces him and tells him, I need you to get what I want. Uh, and slams him so he fuses with the core and we we basically now learn that haruko doesn't care she just wants adamisk well i don't think it's necessarily until the not quite yet because it 
it still implies that she does care about him to an extent, but she does want to get, she does have something she's after and she needs his help. It doesn't really like show that she's fully like, doesn't give a shit about him until the moment that until the moment after where she fails. Sure. Just a quick aside. Um, okay. You agree with that? Yeah, more or less. Okay. Uh, how close are we to the end of the episode? Pretty close. Why? Okay, I just want to make sure uh, any deep dives, I think we wait till the end now. Yes, totally. Okay, I just want to put that out there. So, I, uh, I and this is where we learn that Haruko's not in love with Adamisk. She wants to eat Adamisk. She wants to become Adamisk. <laughs> it's, it's one of those cases where, yes, she is in love with Adamisk. It's not necessarily the person, but she's in love with the concept of his power. But not, she doesn't want to be with it. She wants to be it. There's a difference. You can still love the power. and Yeah, she loves the power. Yeah. But she wants to wield it herself. Yeah. So it shows what medical mechanica is actually trying to do with the representation with all the irons. Yeah. Yeah. And it shows (laughs) this is all with voiceover from from Armoro just like fucking panicking and going, it's all over. Yeah. Um, The hand that was there grabs the iron. And slams down, or goes to slam on the iron and grab it. But wait, Conti's holding it up. And then Nauta bursts out of Conti, full red, holding two guitars. Let's go, baby. Holding two guitars in particular. Mm-hmm. His guitar and Adamus's guitar from previous episode. I'm just saying this is my last note of the show. I fucking love dual wielding. I'm a big, <laughs> big, big fan of dual wielding. When they character dual wields, it makes me so fucking happy. And when the fucking kid is dual wielding two guitars, I fucking love it. There was, there was a thing that I would like to talk about. It's called Kim Hearts 2. Ugh. When the fucking kid, Soa, is dual wielding two keyblades, and I'm like, I'm zizzing everywhere. <laughs> Because it's so fucking cool. Don't, don't, don't. It's Wait. so cool. <laughs> uh oh. I'd like to go on a. I'd like to add a note to that. Can we all agree that that game was awesome when we were growing up as kids? But if you actually try to replay it now, it does not play worth a shit. Can we all agree that that I was jizzing and kid should not be in the same sentence? <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. Yes, yeah, sir. I, I was actually just stalling while I looked for my place in the notes. Um, Haruko then attacks him fucking furious. Basically shouting that Adamus, that power is mine. You, when you actually see him pop out, you see the he's glowing red and he has the logo on his head. But he shoots up, shoots through the hand. It frees um, Mamimi, who was stuck on it mm-hmm. on the hand as well. Yeah, and then she starts going after him. Uh, Haruko yeah. starts going after Naoto. Yeah, and again, you know, she's very much very upset. She wants the power for herself. Uh, Nauta pretty easily uh, dispatches her. Uh, he's about to go in for the killing blow. Amaro is shouting, teach her a lesson, like, fucking get her, like, hell yeah. Yeah, and then he fuses the two the two guitars together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nauta then, flying towards Haruko, stops right in front, turns back to normal, says I love you. Haruko, for potentially the first time in the series, I think, legitimately is taken aback, caught off guard. Um, 
and he goes in and kisses her. <laughs> it goes to it goes to Armoro with this just <laughs> really dumb animation style of him just screaming and crying. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys think that that kiss was uh, the Pirate King, or do you think that was Naoto? No, that was that was Naoto, hundred percent. Okay. Uh, worth noting that this is the first kiss in the series that he has uh, initiated on purpose. Oh yeah, and, and gone gotten through with swinging that bat. Uh, Adamisk then emerges from Nauta's head. Everything starts to, like swirl and looks like it's gonna get like lifted and sucked in. The hand, before... the hand that's still up in the fucking sky, gets sucked into Adamisk. Mm-hmm. And he starts to lift the iron. Yeah. Uh, but eventually, all this means nothing, and he blasts off. I do Team like the Rockets. symbolism that they made him look almost like a phoenix. Oh, yeah, they did. I think he looked more dragon-y to me, but it's got some real Rodan vibes. Rising from the ashes there. Mm, sure. Uh, She's floating in the sky on her Vespa, about to leave, and she again pauses the question, hey, want to come with me? Oh, if you notice on her Vespa, it's actually got the uh, the the fused guitar on the Vespa. Yep, and it's also floating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which kind of makes the whole Gundam as fucking parts for a Vespa make a whole lot more sense. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> what? See, the reason her Vespa never takes any damage from all, all the right, crashes all right, is because on, it's you're... made of Gundanium. <laughs> uh... Yeah, she she asks him again, hey, you want to come with me? And before he gets to respond, or he doesn't respond for a moment, and she's like, nah, you can't. She goes, you're still still just a kid. Save it for next time. There's no save it for next time. Yes, there is. Is there in the sub? There is in the dub. The Hmm. word is, the the phrase is, you want to come with? You know what? Forget it. Save it for next time, because you're still just a kid. Hmm... Anthony, if you want to fact check that real quick. I actually am oh, playing it right now, so that's why. No, on the sub. Oh. Because what I have is, want to come with me? Nah, you can't. You're still a kid. That's why I think it was two. Yeah. It, all those extra words add a lot of connotation. But regardless of that, and we'll circle back when it's fact checked if we need to, if it wasn't clear from before, like we mentioned, we then get a shot of Haruko's guitar. Yeah. To show that, oh, she left her guitar behind and took Nauta's. Uh, we get a shot then of Nauta standing with his guitar, looking into the sky. Mamimi takes a picture of him. And we cut to a letter that she sent where she's saying, hey, later, Nauta. <laughs> yeah, it's him enunciating it. Yeah. Uh, and then Nina Mori steals Nauta's drink. They kind of fall back into their old dynamic. She tells him his that uniform doesn't look cool on him. Um, he he yells about like, "Hey, I, you're at least gonna pay for this drink. I I can't drink carbonated stuff. It's too carbonated." Yeah. Uh, he has his monologue, which is it's very reminiscent of the first one, but still contradicts it. And we end on a twang of the guitar in his room. I'd also like to note that Conti's back at their house just fucking dusting mats. <laughs> sure. Yep. I mean, he's a medical supply unit. Anthony. Yep. So. Did you find our fact check? I did. So I don't specifically know what the thing or what you guys were debating, but it is. Uh, do you want to come with me? And then there's a pause. 
And then she says, nah, you can't, period. And then she says, Takun, dot, dot, dot. And then, like, she puts her glasses down. And she goes, you know you're still a kid. And then glads off. Okay. You know you're still a kid. That's actually more interesting. You know you're still a kid. That's the subversion. <laughs> so it is ever so slightly different from the dub. That's interesting. You know how we Americans like to have everything so happy. Well, I think it kind of added a connotation that they didn't intend for. Because at the time, I don't ever think they were ever intending on revisiting this show. Yeah, totally. Oh, I mean, if I if I know correctly, I think the sequels does not cover. Um, I think it does Haruko, but it doesn't do Nauta. It doesn't yeah, do Nauta, and I actually yeah. didn't mind it, but I don't think it's as good as these right here. That is a very common opinion. I have cast aside my notebook. Oh shit, we're going in, boys. <laughs> Let's do it. Grandfather, fuck him. Facts. Don't really find the him to be that important. The dad can be seen as somewhat important, but again, is more of a background character that doesn't make a whole lot of difference in this series. I feel like the dad, you say he is important in the fact like it shows you who uh, was like, quote unquote, responsible for raising him, but also fuck him. Okay, my take on the dad is, uh, again, I think all these characters are running parallel to each other. His dad is stuck on... Uh, he he he's still stuck on the immaturity part. I think he's also stuck on the fact that he's trying to be a reporter. Although I think he lost his job. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, but stuck. he could he he could resign his life to running that bakery and probably be fine. But he he's so stuck on what he wants to be, what he thinks he is. And, and again, like now to correctly, I think calls him out for his fucking stupid ass behavior. He he's the perfect example of someone who is an adult, but failed to gain any maturity. Yeah. Monkey, any thoughts on the dad? I mean, let's go. I, I think the dad plays a bigger role than what Vivi says, but that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Let's go next. Conti. Uh, Conti is, so based on what you guys have said and what I have interpreted, based on what you guys have said, uh, what are, uh, take on the character? I like Conti. Conti's fun. Uh, Conti provides. How does he, how did, yeah. Huh? I was going to say, how, how do you think you feel? How do you feel like he relates to the overall story and ties into everybody and, and like the general themes and shit? Oh, fuck. I don't know. I haven't thought about that enough. Go ahead. <laughs> In terms of like, cause I don't, I really don't relate him to the theme of being a kid and stuff. So yeah, yeah. sure. That's, that's fine. I, I think Conti's a hard one. Monkey, any thoughts on Conti? Who's Conti? <laughs> okay, great. Vivi, <laughs> any thoughts on Conti? <laughs> Conti is the robot. <laughs> Uh, I know. I was just wondering. My yeah, bad. no, no, that was just really fucking funny. <laughs> no, I know that that was just a perfect setup for a joke. I'm sorry. If you have thoughts on Kati, you can go. I know, dude. It's so good. I don't mind. Go on. I have nothing to say about Tonki or Web Conti. Yeah, fucking love Tonki. Really? I heard he's pretty kick ass in System of Down. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like, like outside of his like the action roles that he plays, he just plays like a little bit of a comical relief and essentially like he's your example of what medical mechanica wants like he just wants to they just want people to, to just do what they're told to do no questions just do what you're told and he only like seems to have any kind of emotion or like oddness in character when he's called out for being like standing out and weird okay my take on conti is i think conti kind of plays like tandem with Nina Mori 
And honestly, Matt saying earlier that Conti was the shell for uh, Adamisk kind of blew my fucking mind <laughs> and made me have another level of realization where Conti is Adamisk removed from ego. Where if you take Adamisk as like the idealized person or the idealized whatever, Conti is also that in a way where he comes in and he's invoked with uh, uh, Tasku for the most part from Nauta. So we start to have these feelings of Conti is... It, fuck, this is hard. Con- Conti holds a power, right? He, he seems invincible. He's powerful. He's, from Nauta's eyes, theory, in theory, like what a, what a man should be. And if you time to Atomisk, from Haruko's eyes, he's what a person should be. A person should strive for power. But then you remove him from the Atomisk part, which if you take that as ego, all Conti has is the power without the self-serving. So he is constantly helping people. Like he does whatever Mamimi wants. He's just there to have a good time. He He's doing that again. He There's multiple times where he's just fucking around. Like he's learning to build, make bread. Uh, he gets embarrassed multiple times. He goes and plays baseball because why not? Um, at the end, he gets into a fight with um, the lieutenant, who now that I don't have the notes in front of me, I don't remember her name, and then helps her up. Afterwards, if you're going to pick an idealized version of a person from this show, it's Conti. He's just good. I, I, I mean, I'll give you that his character like just is... Um, lawfully glued on the alignment chart, but I don't think he necessarily has as much personality as you're giving him. No, I, I don't think he does have that much personality or necessarily agency, but in terms of what he represents, I, th- I think he represents like a, a, a pure goodness. Just my only last thoughts on him is my, I would subscribe more to the, he's what medical uh, would want him to be or would want everyone to be. The problem is, is that there's no individuality with just pure Conti's everywhere. Yeah, I mean, that is a conversation that anime definitely is willing to talk about. <laughs> yeah, that that would be my subscribing code on on him. Um, okay. Um, Mamimi. So, uh, quick closing thoughts on Mamimi. Um, I think that she played a very interesting early role in the episodes in, uh, in terms of uh, Takun or Naoto. Naoto, don't call him Takun! Sorry, he's no longer Takun. Uh, and Naoto's, like, development, um, I think, uh, whether it's a positive or a negative, like, that early, like, because she's technically in high school. I know they keep saying elementary school, but I think, isn't that, like, middle school for us? Uh, so, so she no, she's in high school. She's 17. Sixth grade is middle school for us. N- uh, yeah, Naoto, yeah. Yeah, and uh, however weird that is, I think it's kind of an interesting you know, concept of like her, his brother moved away. She was infatuated with him. Now all she has left is that. I think that's a very interesting take and like, and that develops him. I'm just going to use the word sexually, but like, I want to throw that into the, into the world, the realm of maturity. You know what I mean? Into maturing. And, uh, I think that that's like, she does that kind of side of thing and like helping him mature, whether or not it's a acceptable thing. You can debate all you want. And then I think at the end, uh, she kind of realizes maybe what she's done or what she's on the path of doing and decides against that. And 
honestly, like even your heartbreak adds maturity, right? Like your first ever heartbreak, which I'm, I'm kind of assuming this is. Mm-hmm. And so I think that even doubles down, not necessarily doubles down, but like it's a fucking it joins that kind of. And I think she plays that. And now this is where I want to throw it to you guys because you guys said it was hopeful. Why do you think it's hopeful? Or I guess Sal can go first. Then why do you think it's hopeful? Sure. Uh, can, can I just say I love that you uh, took it back to the heartbreak part because I think I said in the first week that like everyone in the series or at least the central characters that we care about are also focused on unrequited love. Like again, even Nina Mori fucking is infatuated with Nauta, but he doesn't give a shit about her. Yeah. That's my take. Love it. I think you nailed that. Sal? I think she is one of the, I think she's one of the saddest characters in the show. Like she has the code dependence thing and everything about it. And like, all I'm going to say is I'm, I hope that she makes this a photographic person. <laughs> Photographer. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm hoping for is she makes it through that. Because like her, her story to me is the saddest one out of everybody else's. And like, um, mm-hmm. because basically everybody, no one wants her. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, basically every, no one wants her. And um, that's good. And I hope that she's able to pass through that and figure out something that she actually likes, which we do know, like, she likes to take pictures. So I'm hoping that Professor actually does come through for And hopefully she does not go back to what's um, falling off the wagon like she did, like, two or three times during these six episodes. Mm -hmm. Matt, do you want to take the hopeful thing or want me to take it? I'll get it. Well, I'll try at least. So Yeah, go nuts. I do have to agree with both of y'all sentiments. She probably is one of the sadder characters in the show. Um, the hopeful thing, just to tackle that right away, is essentially it's kind of written as because she takes the photo and it kind of gives her inspiration. She leaves town to do, to do photography. If you pay attention in the scenes, you actually see that the photo that she took of Nauta holding um, Haruto. Uh, damn it. The guitars. Haruko's oh, guitar, yeah, Haruko's guitar, actually ends up in the newspaper. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so it's inclined. Oh, to that's be- a good call. I missed that. It's inclined yeah. to believe that she got a jump start into that, and so she's just going to chase that full force, which shows that she's hopeful. She has something that she can, you know, focus on and spend, put her energy towards that will prevent her from just being um, the lovesick puppy dog that that can't do nothing for herself that she basically spent most of the series kind of being um, she, the biggest thing for her is just getting out of town, getting a new start with people that don't know her would probably is probably the best thing that she could have done. So that way she can get rid of, get rid of and get away from the stigma that she has from being there and having the, the career to go after as well, honestly, is just the bonus to make that a reality. And that's it. That's about all I got. Yeah, I agree with all of you. Um, and I just want to compound it with kind of stuff we were talking about before. Um, with Adamus, again, being like the ideal thing, the ideal being. And Nauta threw it away. I don't even necessarily think he's the, the ideal, but anyway. Um, I mean, he's presented that way. But we can get into that later. If we or at want least to. just a ridiculous amount of power, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it, you can do whatever you want. You're the coolest fucking person in the world. Um, whatever. And, and but Nauta has this. He's embodying this power, and he throws it away for Haruko, who he knows doesn't love him back. 
but he <laughs> he swings the bat anyway. And I, I think this whole chain of events ending with that exchange of guitars, again, on top of what all of you said, makes Mamimi kind of come to this realization, this revelation. She needs to let go of that stuff. She she has this idealization of uh, Tusca, but she needs to let it go and move on with her life and figure out who she is for herself. Makes sense. Uh, talk about her a lot. Let's go Nina Mori. Uh, hers is going to be pretty quick for me. Um, in a, and honestly, I think a good way for me, though, is uh, she had her issues. It, it, uh, there was a whole episode sort of kind of I wouldn't say dedicated, but like it was, it was essentially her episode in this thing, right? With the divorce. And, mm-hmm. um, that was what most of her screen time was at. And we got all of her stuff. And then they kind of threw her in the back two episodes. I think we got a couple scenes in episode five and I think a few in episode six. So they, there weren't as many, but it resolves her story and that she was like, look, I was. Uh, she didn't say this, but to me, it felt like she was saying like, or they were trying to say like, she was this girl that very much was like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And then she finally opened up and she's like, it actually, I don't, she still did it in like a logical point of view, but she was like, I opened up and it felt yeah. good. But like, and, 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 and she tried to like keep emotions out of that. It felt good. We, it's kind of weird saying that, but it felt like she's a very logical Based driven or logical, logically driven, uh, emotional individual. <laughs> sure, and uh, and that's kind of all I got. Or, for or her. you know, it, it, I I do care, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I do think that you're right. It it, it is a grounding character to compare Naoto to, to for especially his logical points of views, where because he even does that thing right where his dad is like fooling around. He's like, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, but like he cares. Mm-hmm. And the only difference is we don't see her inside working like we see Naoto because he's obviously the protagonist. Yeah. Naoto, sorry. Uh, she is by far my favorite character out of the series. Really? I love episode three. I think episode three is a fun episode, even though they have her in gym clothes for no fucking reason. And I think I'm mad about that because she is one of my favorite characters. I like her um, personality. Like, I like her stories just because. I mean, what Anthony says, like the whole thing, I don't care, I don't care. And then you finally like, she's finally realizing like, that's not the right way to approach this. Like, I need to talk and all this other stuff. Like, and then the final scene is like, it's just so that's, I mean, we, we everybody knew that she, she likes Naruto. But like. Everyone likes Naruto. Yeah, everybody likes him. But like, everybody. <laughs> and, um. I like her story. I think she has one of the best stories in the entire show. It makes sense. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, my, my feelings on Nina Mori, I think, are well documented at this point. Um, so I'll, I'll just jump straight into the scene at the end that we are trying to talk about where she steals his drink, drinks part of it, gives it back. He's like, I can't drink carbonated stuff. And she's like, oh, you don't look cool in that uniform, by the way. And they kind of fall back into that dynamic. Yeah. Uh, for me, that that comes off as a little more hopeful in it, it comes off a little more playful in the way and, and especially since like more than once in the series we've had the it's been shown that like drinking from the same container as someone else is like uh oh yucky <laughs> right 
Mm-hmm. And now that's not his problem. His problem is it's carbonated and he doesn't like that. Oh, I see. So I, I feel like this is, it's leaving it very ambiguous, but I feel like it's setting it up where there's hope for Nauta and uh, Nina Mori. Sure. And I think, I also think like, you know, it's it's still letting them both be kids and they're settling into that role. Like it's, the, the fact that it didn't put them together, I think is an extremely smart choice. But yeah, I, I just think it, it leaves that idea like very prominent, but still allows them to be kids and like reconcile themselves. So for me, um, just like you were really well documented on our thoughts and opinions on her about at this point, but I still do stick by the opinion that she's essentially just turned her character post episode three into just a fangirl for now to. Um, my reason for saying that is basically what she does in that one scene is essentially take over for where Samaji Mamimi was doing. So she's essentially trying to become wife number three by either um, teasing him, poking fun at him, doing things to just get his attention focused on her. Any attention, whether it be good, positive or negative is good attention for her because it's attention she's getting from her crush. So to me, she just kind of falls off as a character after three because she just kind of becomes more of a background fangirl. Uh, I'm just going to say this to you, Vivi. Uh, you're completely wrong because he was always a fangirl of um, <laughs> Noah too. And that is proven to the fact in episode three, because guess what? See, Vic devotes for him to be Puss in Boots. Yes, we know. I've already spoken about that previously as well. She's been a fangirl, and she just kind of resides to that role of fangirl. She doesn't really... So now that now that we've talked about that scene, Anthony, any thoughts on that last scene? Because we pushed it up. Uh, I mean, I, I I could see the read of, like, it, it, it would make sense. I still think it's a bit of a stretch. For what? I don't know, because I don't know how big this is in Japanese culture, but drinking after someone, I I kind of see, because they made it very obvious, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's just, to me, like, as an American on this side of the hemisphere, that's not a super big deal, and I do think it keeps them kind of hopeful in that instead of, and, and that, like, they, yeah, she could, like, god damn, this is hard. They're the kind of the same, right? Or sorry. Yep. It went back to yeah, the same totally. uh the same dynamic before Haru seems like is they went back to that. But the only difference is now they have all of this knowledge of each other, right? Hmm. Remember Steinsgate? No, no, I, I can't remember. Should I go back in time to watch it again? <laughs> but I mean, what you might be saying is correct. Like the end game, the end goal. I think the uh, me getting there is a little bit different than your your path of getting there. Sure. So, that'll be my final okay. thoughts. Amaro. Um, before, be, can, can we get before we go to Amaro real quick? I do think that if they had made the stories more similar to what they did with the manga, that I would agree more with you, but especially after having seen the difference between the two, um, they definitely basically sidelined more of a character in the anime where they... Uh, probably just means I'm better at subtext. Amaro, go. Uh, Armuro, I really have nothing on him. Like the whole, 
I thought he was a fucking playoff character. I get that he's supposed to embody more of the childish version of things, but like the whole eyebrows that he gives him, I I understand you guys probably read into that, but I thought that was just stupid. Um, no, it's not much to it. It's just a fucking mask. Yeah, like it, it, Amro, I, that's pretty literal. I, I don't even see it as a fucking mask. I just see it as stupid. Okay, Salvador. I mean, uh, he basically the grown up version of um, what's his name, the main character, and the main character is gonna be exactly like him when he grows up. Um, <laughs> that's a joke, you guys. Also, I just like his eyebrows, and I actually like any scene with him. I thought he was a really fun character. Yeah, I mean, my whole thing on uh, Amaro is again, I said uh, that I think is a failed version of Nauta, and I think that's true because it, it basically encapsulates or is encapsulated by the scene where Nauta is going at Haruko in like full atomist mode and he's just cheering for revenge. Amaro is, he clearly has some sort of past with uh, Haruko and he's entirely driven by his need for vengeance, the need for proving himself. I, for me, I just I have to agree more with Anthony. I do. There is more story than I think Anthony's giving credit for there, but Probably. I do not see him as being a character that you're going to read a whole lot into. All of it's pretty much up front and just said. It's really pretty obvious on most of his character that he's more of just a joke character that's supposed to be representative of the third group, which is essentially just um, who is supposed to represent uh, Earth, for lack of a better way to put it. Nauta. Uh, I enjoy Nauta's character. I liked watching him grow. Um, I like watching all of the arc of him. Like, kind of, we kind of come on to him as the sad-ish. Not necessarily sad, but like, just stuck in a rut because he literally says everything's ordinary around here, you know? And um, we find out quickly that it's because like nothing, like he's got a weird fucking life and he thinks that this is ordinary, but it's really not, honestly. Because, like, his brother, like, was a, like, he's he's kind of living in the shadow, and he thinks to be, come out of that, he has to become like his brother or, like, like adults around him. And then, essentially, you know, I'm skipping ahead, obviously, because we've already touched all this stuff, but essentially he learns that, I think he learns that he's a, still a kid, just act like a kid. It doesn't, you don't have to, you don't have to grow up to, like, be happy. And I think that's a point that they're trying to make. And mm-hmm. uh, again, I think most of the stuff I already uh, covered with Naoto. Think about the lyrics to Little Busters. <laughs> I, I don't know the lyrics to Little Busters, but yeah, I, I think that that, that kind of sums him up is like, you don't have to be a kid to be happy. Are you sorry? You don't have to be an adult to be happy. You can still be happy as a kid. Honestly, most adults are fucking miserable. <laughs> Pretty much the only lyrics to Little Busters are with the Sid, with the kids sing out the future. Maybe kids don't need the masters. <laughs> Yeah. Just waiting for the little busters. And that's it. Yeah. What about you, Sal? I don't like the kid. The only time <laughs> the kid is cool is when he's dual wielding. When he transforms the fucking uh, dual wielding into one guitar. It is cool, but not as cool. So the kid lost me, though. That's fair. Yeah. One one scene. One scene in like about 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like my feelings on Nauta are best encapsulated by his relationships with everyone around him. And and five and six for me are, are the biggest points of Nauta where he, he finally cracks against his ego and gives in to what he actually feels with Haruko, which 
signals the end of the series and and <laughs> all all the blanks in there I feel like are filled in on what we talked about. So for me, again, and I said this before, but I'll I'll kind of recap it and I'll try to keep it short. Honestly, Naota is my favorite character from the show. It's a close like if 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 you want to give it any other characters close would be Haruko, but they are essentially like tied for my favorite characters in the show. And it, from Naota, it's because I personally really relate to Naota. Mm-hmm. I I said it previously. I'm one of two two kids that my parents had. I'm the younger brother. My brother did a lot of things that that my parents then expected me to do. People around me, not necessarily my friends directly now, but a lot of the people would that knew me knew my brother, and I was expected to do things because my brother did them, which makes me feel really relatable with this character because this character just feels like it's constantly being judged that they're not the brother. So for me, I, I really enjoy his character because it shows him basically going from I have to do everything because he did it. I have to do everything because I, that's what I have to do to look good because he's already set the bar high. And by the end of the show, it shows him, you know, just going for what he wants, doing for what, going with his own emotion, going with his own train of thought, and just doing whatever he feels like it would be right for him to be happy instead of having to live in someone else's shadow. And for me, like, I just feel like by the end of the show, even though there is some certain routines that are shown to go back into, I feel like he he ends the show essentially with the big burden lifted off of him because he was able to, you know, differentiate himself. Basically, starting from episode, what is it, five and forward, where he basically goes, mm-hmm. I'm not him. I agree. Yeah, he mm-hmm. said, I'm no longer Takoon. Totally. And so, like, that character just really resonates with me personally. To finish it off, Haruko. Haruko, she's interesting. Um, I, I kind of, I'm at this weird spot with Haruko because, like, she was kind of a dick the whole time, right? <laughs> uh huh. Absolutely, and like, I feel like it's one of those things where, when you're looking on to like someone else's drama, like even in real life, if um, so like. Yeah, you're looking into all this, and so, and I know he's like a kid, and that's obviously a huge part of this. But when you're looking on someone else's shit and getting up all their dirty laundry, I feel like if truly Naota is cool with what Haru did because he of the experience and the the knowledge he's learned of that, mm-hmm. then I'm kind of cool with Haru. Mm. If he's okay. cool with it, I'm cool. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not going to be offended for him that she did all that stupid shit. If it helped him grow as a person and he believes that it truly helped him become what he's going to be in the future, then let's, yeah, she's, she's fine with me, honestly. But like, she, she was a bit of a dick <laughs> and uh, extremely manipulative, but like, uh, you know, it's almost like a, the means may justify the end in this scenario. Um, eh. And yeah, eh, it's an appropriate response. You're right. <laughs> Um, this is like, uh, just kind of a, like, oh, like I keep saying, like, you can tell I'm not completely on board with this because of how many times I'm rethinking about it, but uh-huh. like, it's complicated. I, and that's why I saved much, her for last. She's, she's a most very complicated, complicated character. Think. And, um, yeah, that's, I think I'm just going to leave it there. Okay. Monkey thoughts on Haruko? Uh, she's just a fun character. I enjoy it whenever she's on the screen. She's hilarious whenever she shows up. 
Oh, I enjoy whenever she's on screen too. All right, and, uh, Matt, what do you think? <laughs> so for me, I, I really enjoy your character. <laughs> we'll come oh back to you, God. Chris. No, go ahead. Yeah. I'll go last. It's fine. So for me, I really enjoy your character. She's like my second favorite or tied for first. She She's always a ton of fun. You never know what you're going to get. Even in the subsequent series, she's just awesome. She's always entertaining to see what the hell's going to happen. I do have to say the fact that her character is manipulative, but like having already known that from the start and rewatched it again so that way I could talk about it with you guys, it kind of almost shows in some of the scenes that she, to me, has more like human moments where she's like questioning, like she doesn't question why she's doing it, but she's like, the fact that I have to do this like sometimes, like it's just shown in kind of moments where like when she was proud, when she looks off into the distance, when she's like, when she can tell that he's seriously upset that she left. It, to me, the character is a lot more deep than cursory glance gives, in my opinion. And I, I just really enjoy the character because the more you watch the character, the more it's just like, even though there's funny and random shit going on, you, you do get more and more attached the more times you watch this series to that character. Chris? Oh, I, I kind of really differ here from uh, Matt, I think. Um, especially rewatching, knowing how this plays out, I think she's even more manipulative. Um, I think her only true moments of genuine, like, human emotion and kindness come in, like, the last five minutes of the series. Again, I'm just going to call back to her cost, constant costume changes and my constant referencing of uh, masks and idealized version of self. And Haruko does not necessarily have one of those other than Atomisk. Her entire goal is to absorb Atomisk and become Atomisk. And whatever she has to do to get that is fine with her. Um, it's not until Nauta relinquishes the power of Atomisk, confesses his love and kisses her, that she ever is truly caught off guard. She's nonchalant in every other situation. And after that, she again, has the conversation of, hey, do you want to come with me? And doesn't give him the chance to answer. She says, no, nah, you can't. You're still just a kid. Or you're still a kid. A and trades the guitars. And I think that is her letting, in a way, letting Nauta live his life. Because she has made clear that, you know, Nauta is the first person that's worked for her, for what she wants. She's still going to chase Adamisk. And that's fucking tragic, but she's learned a little bit. I'd agree with that. Because not only did she swap guitars, so in a way it's like, oh, we're leaving a piece of each other with, or we're leaving a piece of ourselves with each other. But she decided not to take what she knows is her best chance of catching the, the idealized version of herself. I think Haruko is a deeply selfish character that gets a little better at the end. <laughs> Can can I ask a or like bring up a, a like kind of some things that happened? Yeah. So I don't necessarily think the trading of guitars quite happened like you think. What do you mean? So the reason she doesn't know where her guitar is is because when Naoto or when they were fighting, Naoto basically deflected the guitar and it went flying. She doesn't know where it went. Um, I mean, I guess whether it's intentional or not, I think it. 
it conveys the same meaning. And essentially, she just takes the other one because that's all she has left. And plus, it's part of Adamisk, so she's going to go ahead and take that anyway. Mm, nah, for for me, it's totally a, a thing of they're they're going to carry their experience with each other. So, like for me, it's just like the, the because he had to go searching and then finally found it is essentially the way it plays out. So he's just kind of clinging to the idea, and she, he did have a chance to respond to the going with her, but he knew it was pointless at that point because oh, he yeah. knew that it wasn't reciprocated. Yeah, and and I think she was kind of also saving him that. And and she real she realized it after he didn't say anything for like a good two second pause. And was like, no, nah, you're just a kid. Save it for next time. Yeah, I totally agree. Like I said, that those last moments are the the moments of goodness in Haruko. I do think she's still. So I do want to mention one thing about that. Yeah, just because I watched the last second, um, she cuts him off real quick, and she and and like she says Takun real, real fast after, and then it's like dot dot dot. So like she's waiting for her to respond first before he responds, and she says, "You're just a kid." Then leaves. I don't really think gotcha. she gave him the option. Okay. So that's that a difference in in the way that the sub and the dub read because the the dub actually gives it quite a good pause. It makes it feel like she was waiting on him to respond and he just doesn't. Gotcha. I just wanted to bring that quick up. Yeah, I I mean Haruko and Mamimi are a big reason why I think this. <laughs> I said at the top, the series is uh deeply heartbreaking but very hopeful. <laughs> so I have a quick question. Yeah. Um, I know uh, Matt's talked about it already. Um, Chris, who's your favorite character? Yeah, I was about to say, let's run through our usual questions. Favorite characters, uh, Nina Mori. Nina Mori. Mine's tied, I think, between um, Naota and um, uh, Mamimo. Mamimi. Mamimi, sorry. Yeah, Mamimi. <laughs> and Sal, I believe you said yours was uh, uh, Nina Mori as well. Yeah, Nina Mori. Yeah, sorry. Uh, if I keep fucking it up. And uh, Vivi also said his was Nauta, followed by Haruko. I think Haruko is my number two. I think Har- Haruko is so fucking interesting, dude. I-, I could sit here and analyze Haruko all goddamn day. <laughs> For me, I'm just too personally invested in in Nauta and I like liking his character too much, which I feel like makes me overly sympathetic to him. Sure. I mean, dude, that's legit. You like characters for whatever reason you want. That's part of the message series. <laughs> Uh, any other questions? Uh, anyone got a favorite episode? I feel like it's short enough. Thought. I agree. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, Why are, hold on. I don't, me and Monkey are agreeing. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fifth. Brittle Anthony, bullet, my brittle man. Yep. Brittle Bullet is a very close second. Mm-hmm. Number five. <laughs> uh, anyone got a favorite track? Honestly, I wasn't. I I was so fucking high strung to try to get all the little nits and bitties part that the music was. I I listened to it, but I didn't specifically really like. Didn't go look up what it was and stuff. So sure. I mean, mine mine is Last Dinosaur. Okay, I I have to listen to it. I can't tell you when right now. I've got to actually go look at the name real quick. <laughs> okay. All right. So for in the pantheon of shows we have watched, where do we place it? Um, I would place this for people who have been keeping up. Um, I think third. Oh, for me. What was your previous third? 
Uh, previous third would have been Yuri on Ice. Yuri on Ice. Oh, that's tough. Yuri on Ice, Steins Gate. Yeah. And Foley Coley are your challenges, I guess. What are you putting ahead of this, Anthony? Uh, ahead of this is Perfect Blue and Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, it's pretty hard to guess. Uh, and then it would, dude. That's really hard between Yuri on Ice and and Fully Cooley. Uh, I, I I I actually here's what I'll say. I bet right now it would be Yuri on Ice and Fully Cooley. And I bet if I watch Fully Cooley again, Fully Cooley would take number three. Wow. I bet that. I bet that's yeah. That's what I'm gonna go with. That's so interesting. Uh, for me, again, I've forsaken the uh, numbers. Sure, tier list, yeah. And I'm doing a tier list. I'm going to put Fully Cooley in A tier. I highly agree. Alongside Yuri on Ice. And the reasoning is because I fucking love dissecting this series and like, like really getting into the nitty gritty of it and analyzing everything, talking about every fucking line that everyone says. <laughs> but if I were to watch it passively... I don't know that I would like it as much. And like, if you were to come to me and be like, hey, let's watch an anime together. I'm going to be way more excited for Cowboy Bebop, uh, Perfect Blue and Steins Gate. That's fair. Just to like sit there and watch those or something. Like, fucking yeah, dude. But if, you, if you're sitting here and we, we're going to watch or we're going to write conflicting research papers on Fully Cooly, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you? I'm going to say five. Number five. Yeah, I don't know. I have to make a list on my computer and figure it out, but I'm just going to say number five. I think the problem was is I was watching all of these, and I remember this one a lot more fondly, and I think that's what uh, knocked off some points for me. Sure. So now we move on to our next thing, where uh, it's going to be Sal's pick for our next anime. Yeah, Sal. So, uh, what do you, what do you, uh, what, what are you brewing over there? What death game are you gonna make Anthony play this time? <laughs> um, Anthony does get to pick. Oh, I get to pick again. Okay, you get to pick, but I think everybody knows what it's gonna be. Uh huh. I'm gonna say. Uh, okay. Uh, first of all, I'm so excited because I'm happy this anime is gonna be picked. Okay. Or might be picked. <laughs> might be picked. Okay. The first option. This uh, anime. Is made by a famous manga artist who, uh, what's it called? He goes by one. And he is really famous for his sat uh, satire and his story making. Uh, number two, it's a Sonin anime. That's your, number two. Uh, number one is created by one, a really good manga, um, not a really good story maker. Number two, it's a Sonin. And number three, it has fantastic battle scenes and the animation is fucking beautiful. Those are the only three, Anthony. So I'm going off of uh, a manga artist. Number one would be the manga artist that... Uh, named one. Named by one? Yeah, his name is Fucking one. hell, dude. Oh, okay. And it's satire and something else. Number two is a shonen that was made by a manga I know artist. what all three of these picks are. <laughs> <laughs> and number three... I, I, can, I can say I know exactly what number one is, and either choice is an excellent choice. And then number three is a battle animation style kind of yep. thing. Okay. Can I can I answer before once Anthony makes his choice, can I answer? <laughs> yeah. Uh can I ask one more question about number one? Yes. What kind of style would you put that in? Shonen, uh, Isekai, 
I'm going to say a little bit shown in a little bit of uh, story driven. Hmm. Maybe some psychic stuff. Psychic shonen. It's a shonen. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm gonna think I'm take number one. Okay, that I mean, it, honestly, I'm glad that we're getting to do a shonen. Yeah. Uh, but also, all three are the same anime. It's Mob Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> and all three, all three are Mob three Psycho. The same fucking anime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You he didn't give you a choice. Shit. So we are going to do the first season of Mob Psycho. No, both seasons because they're under thirty episodes. Both seasons together are under 30? Yep. The first season is 12 episodes, and the second season is 12 episodes. Oh, I'm down. Okay, cool. Yeah, and the next choice was going to be going Logan, but I think I'm going to put going Logan. Maybe we might be able to get a guest. I don't know. But we're doing Mob Psycho Boys, and I'm so happy because there's actually a lot of stuff for Owens to talk about in this. And the I have not. Beautiful. I've been putting off Mob Psycho, so I'm excited to finally start watching it. Yeah. So you haven't watched it either? No. Uh, I like, uh, I haven't. I've actually fallen way behind on One Punch Man too, but uh, Mob Psycho seems interesting. It's supposed to be really good. I've watched the first half of the first season, and I actually was really loving it. I just not have, I've not made the time to finish that series. I really want to. Honestly, I'm really excited to go on a diatribe about shonen tropes to Anthony. Let's fucking do it, boys. <laughs> so Mob Psycho, we're we're just gonna go ahead and call it. Uh, f- let, let's go. F- since it's the first one, first four episodes of Mob Psycho. Okay. Yeah, first four. Um, available on Crunchyroll and Hulu? Yes. Uh, also looks like HBO Max as well. It, it's available on everything. It's such I a I also saw show. Netflix too, yeah. Okay, so Mob Psycho, widely available. Yeah, it looks yeah. like it. I see it on like Funimate, like just quick Google. It's on Netflix. It looks like it's on Netflix, Crunchyroll, HBO, Amazon. <laughs> and just, just saying, you guys, I'm watching it in sub. Because that's how you're supposed to listen to it. Because it's so good in sub. I'll probably do sub as well if I can find it. Control. It'll be a mystery what I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess that is it for our Fooly Cooly. Again, first four episodes of Mob Psycho next time. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Fooly Cooly was actually a delight. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> I'm happy y'all had me along. Yeah, and... and yeah, God, it was very interesting. Great to talk to someone who had seen a series a hundred times and had a lot of thoughts about it. <laughs> Let's go ahead and sign off here. Are we doing my the next time? Or what's up? Does it feel right? I don't know. I don't know if we do it actually. In, uh, I mean, I was going to until you guys started ruining my transition. Next time on My First Anime. Will Monkey continue to kill my vibes on the outro? Owens, first of all, I don't know what to say. My improv is really, really bad. Will Anthony believe in the power of friendship enough to enjoy his first shodan? Oh my god, I hated Naruto for this exact fucking reason. What will Owens think of Wigan? I'm sorry? <laughs> it's pronounced regen as in regeneration. Find out next time on my first anime. Thanks again for listening to my first anime. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends and leave a review. It really helps. I'm Chris Bailey, and you can find me on Twitter at Chris R. Bailey or hear me play pretend on the actual play.network podcast. And finally, thanks to Slink for the use of 12 Speed as our intro and Winnie the Moog for the use of Speed Energy as our outro. You can come to my stream. STMonkey at Twitch 
where the O is a zero in monkey, so make sure you guys remember that. I play single player games and multiplayer games, well, sometimes multiplayer games, Tuesdays and Fridays afternoons. You can also follow my Twitter at STMonkey, also O is a zero, and my Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is mostly containing dog photos of my dog. He's a poodle. And Situ. You can reach out and contact us on Twitter at MyFirstAnime or uh, email at MyFirstAnimePodcast at gmail.com. And if you feel so inclined, my personal Twitter and Instagram are both Sir Paperplate, where you will find only pictures of my cat. And once again, thanks for listening to My, my First, First Anime. Anime.